Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. This is Carl Thomas, lead pastor of Revival Life Church. Normally on this podcast, we have recordings of our Sunday morning meetings and a few other meetings that we broadcast for those who could not be in attendance. This one is a little different. On Sunday evening, August 7th, I had a good friend of mine, Mario Bento Jr., who came, and he and I ministered prophetically to the people in the room. Uh, If you're not familiar with that term, uh, we ministered as we felt the Spirit lead with, as Mario teaches, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. None of the words that we spoke are the word of God. They are the words that Mario and I felt impressed to share with people. The main purpose of this podcast is that is for those who received prophetic ministry to have a recording of what was spoken to them so they can test the words that received they were to test the words that they received in accordance with what God has been speaking to them and with scripture and to share with those that they feel are leaders in their life to help test those words and to put them into practice if need be. In no way is any person a replacement for God in your life. We believe in prophetic ministry. We believe in the value of prophetic ministry And we believe in testing the prophetic word. Uh, These words can be a great source of encouragement, a great source of equipping, a great source of preparation moving forward, and a great source of understanding the past. So if you received a prophetic word and you weren't really sure on what it meant, I would encourage you, number one, to listen to it more than once. Type it out bring it before the Lord. And finally, I would meet with your pastor and ask him or her to help you understand and discern your interpretation of the word uh, and what it might mean. And conversely, what you should do with that word moving forward. So without much more explanation, what follows are all of the recorded prophetic words from that evening. Uh, If you didn't receive a prophetic word, I hope that this blesses you and provokes a hunger for prophetic ministry in your life. I want to talk very, very, very briefly. And and this isn't going to be a night of miracles because I'm going to talk briefly. Wait a minute. Started by lying. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. I know Mike Rentler is not going to say anything about people talking long regarding the scriptures. Hallelujah. Listen, our church has always been fertile. And so there's, there's babies in the room, and it's just a sign of life. Amen? Can we, can we, just, can we just amen that? Yeah? All right, it's a sign of life. Um, Zoe, do me a favor. Can you set up the lights up here, right? Because Brandon's really trying. Um, but it feels like I'm looking at a train coming down a tunnel at this moment. He's trying. He's really trying. He's doing a good job, though. I, I tell you how much I appreciate the uh, the tech folk. And if you feel like you're too far back and you want to put a chair right there, you, you can do that. You can just sit wherever you want. You can sit on the stage. You can sit in the front as close as you want. I just want to teach 
Not this one, yeah. He, no, the spots. We don't need, we don't need the, it's the worship spot. I don't know what's going on. It is what it is. It is what it is at this point. The lights are, okay. All right, we're going we're gonna to go through some Bible real quick, all right? Let's go through some Bible. We've got a Bible, open it up. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at our Bible. And I'm going to very quickly go through this. It's been a while since, uh, I, well, of course, Mario was the last prophet we had here. Uh, other than us. Right? Oh, Mark Sharona, yeah, he was. Um, can, 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 can you, um, can, can, honey, do you know how to mute channel one? Yeah, yeah, Pat, yeah, yeah, the bishop, Mark Sharona, was here, so he's, he's kind of important, he kind of, I just want to, okay, here, here, here's, here's what I want to do, real quick, um, these aren't scriptures you've never heard before, uh, I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, <clears throat> this, this, here's what I, here's what I'm trying to do, this is what you call a believer's meeting, say believer's meeting, this is a believer's meeting, now, now, uh, there's, there's um, kind of a popular trend today, Mario, you may know this, uh, I think your cup's right there. We'll get your Bible. Hold on, that's good. Um, there's a popular trend these days that Sunday morning is an outreach, and that's fun. It's not historically accurate. It's not accurate to the tradition of the church. I don't have a problem with it um, because they're not my church, right? I'm only over one church. Uh, but there has to be a place, uh, in, in historically it's been every Sabbath, that the believers come together and they worship God. And they're taught in the word, and they worship God. It's believers' meetings. The ecclesia, the called out ones, come together as, I'm, I'm, I'm yelling now, Brandon, am I on? Wait, wait, I'm, turn me up a little. So the believers come together to worship God, right? And, um, uh, and now people try to use the believers' meeting to set it up for people who don't believe. And so what you have are believers who are never trained as believers. They're constantly taught like unbelievers. And so you don't have believers maturing. So there isn't spiritual formation happening. But this is a, this is a believer's meeting. And um, John the Baptist, uh, Jesus called John the Baptist um, uh, the, the most important man born of a, of a woman. Um, the greatest man born of a woman. And uh, John the Baptist, of course, prophesied the coming of Jesus. Right? Remember that? I, I, make, I make a way for him. And we see him in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, um, we're going to start in verse 11. John the Baptist pointed out uh, who Jesus was. And, and, and in talking to the crowds, are you ready for this, Luana? This is good stuff right here. This is good stuff, Cecia. This is, this is the word of the Lord right here. He says this, as for me, John the Baptist talking about himself, other Luana. Uh, he says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals, right? And so... Um, in the, in the, in the seeker sensitive church, and I, I want you to hear that we can critique without criticize. I'm not criticizing any church. Well, not any church. There's, you know, don't join a cult. That would be bad, right? Um, but we can critique theology without criticizing people, right? We know this in, in, in academia. They, the, the greatest theologians in the world, uh, what happens is a theologian writes a paper, and he probably spends 18 months writing a paper maybe two years writing a paper, and he puts it out there. And then theologians publicly write about what's wrong with it. That's how theology, that's how, that's how academia works. Right? It's normal in academia. This is how it works. I put this thing out, then other people say what's wrong with it or what they agree with it. Right? And so we, they do that because we want truth to be the thing that, that lands ultimately. 
And so what we have today is you'll have you'll have people at a conference and one guy is preaching and another guy will pre- just believes the exact opposite. And he'll sit there, oh, yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely. And, and, and later on, they'll say, yeah, I don't believe that at all. Like, well, then why were you nodding on stage? Well, I don't want to make them look bad. Well, you got all these people who follow you think are believing a lie now. Let's be honest. And so acad- academics are like, this is what we don't agree with. This is what we do agree with. We can understand how you came to that conclusion, even though we have slightly different conclusions, right? So this is what I'm talking about. So John the Baptist, who's the greatest prophet who ever lived, according to Jesus, prophesied one thing about Christ. He didn't say he'll go to the cross. He didn't say he's going to be sinless. Didn't talk about him being born of a virgin. He said, he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. This is what he said about Jesus. This this is what the Bible says. This is the thing that John the Baptist said about Jesus. He said his winnowing fork is in his hand. And he talked about how um, he's going to thoroughly clear the threshing floor. Gather his wheat into the barn, but it'll burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is what he talked about Jesus. And so we fully believe that the baptism of the Spirit is not some other thing. Like, it, is, it was at, it's, it's introduced before the ministry of Jesus in the Bible, in the New Testament. So it's pretty important, right? Are you with me? We're on the same page, right? And so Jesus, uh, it, the p- prophecy of John about Jesus is he's the one who would baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Now, to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you've got to get saved. We want to get people saved so they can get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because you need to be saved to receive the Spirit. We're on the same page, yeah? I'm not making up Bible here. And we see in in, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus, in talking about the parables, he says, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Now, this mysteries of the kingdom is called the mysterion. And uh, there, there is a, a great deal of teaching on the Mysterion. Uh, but the concept behind this Mysterion is there is an aspect of God and his kingdom that we will never fully understand. And we have to come to peace with knowing that we will never understand everything. It says here that to you has been given to know the mysteries. But we won't fully understand. And, and we have to come to a place in Christianity that we don't fully understand everything. Is, 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 are, are you hearing me? And so the opposite version of biblical Christianity is we want you to feel that you fully understand everything. We want to make everything so simple that the person who doesn't even want to know about God can know everything. But Jesus said, if, you don't, if you're not one of his, you're, there's no way for you to understand things. Literally, if you're not a disciple of Christ, you cannot understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And so, and so, and so we, um, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 2. He said, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or discerned. Um, and so there is an aspect of the kingdom, like I, I, Mario and I had a long talk about this last night. We want everybody to be saved, right? I wish that everybody were already saved. So there's, a, there's an argument about universal salvation or universalism that, you know, Jesus died for everybody, so everybody's saved. And I really want that to be true. The problem is when you read scriptures like this that says that, if they're, that these people don't understand the kingdom because they don't have the spirit. 
And so there's a hard thing to believe, Mario, that everybody is saved because everybody clearly doesn't have the spirit. And they don't understand things of the kingdom because they're spiritually discerned. Right? And so we can make things simple enough that people can get saved. But how do we get people to know the mysteries of the kingdom if we're up here constantly telling people, choose Jesus, choose Jesus, choose Jesus? There's got to be some times where you say there's more out there. And, and, and as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's my job to get you there. I am, I am graced to get you there, ordained by my bishop to get you there to a place where you can understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And so to do that, we don't want to check our brain at the door. At the same point, we, sometimes our brain isn't going to catch up with our spirit right away. So you may learn things by the spirit that it may take you a while to understand. I feel like this is a good word here, Mike. Right? I feel like this is a good word. I feel like I'm preaching better than I'm, I'm, I'm getting feedback, but that's all right. Mario, I feel like this is a good word right here. It's a, is it okay? Am I making sense or am I? Am I do I need to yell more? Okay, you're going to yell more? Maybe I'll yell more. I don't know. Maybe we're tired. I think I might have had some spiritual surgery earlier today. What happened, honey? Oh, he's moving. Sorry, honey. He's on the college row. Are you guys with me at all? Like, I need God to be doing things in my life I don't yet understand. Can you imagine if you understood everything he was doing? You know how simple that is? I need him to be doing things that I don't, I don't yet understand. And so there's things that God does in our lives that it takes a while for our mind to catch up to. And, and Tracy and I were just talking about this. Like, like, we're like, man, I need to be in some meetings where I don't understand what's going on because my spirit man is hungry. I've been in some wild meetings. How about you? Anybody been in some wild meetings? I'm going to tell a funny story about a wild, wild meeting I was in about Natalia. Yeah, the bucket one. So we had a meeting one time. I don't know if you ever heard this story. So early, early on in our church, we had a lot of young folk. And um, so instead of coffee, we always had Monster. Right. And so we'd have buckets of monster and buckets of soda. Uh, we stopped it because people would get up in the middle of service to get one. And it was so loud. I was like, I'm preaching. Hello. Could you please stop? Um, <clears throat> and so we would have these meetings. We'd have these buckets of monsters and ice. And uh, one time, um, uh, Natalia got hit by the Holy Ghost. And she fell shaking, but her arm was in the bucket of monsters. And so as she did this, she was splashing everybody with every single wave of her arm. She was kicking water all over people, and we had to physically roll her over because we want to be drenched just by the Spirit, right? We want, the, we want the Spirit to rain down, not necessarily the monster bucket water to rain on us. Um, and we didn't understand what was happening, but the Holy Ghost did. The Holy Ghost knew what was happening. And, um, and I, 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 <laughs> I, need, I need some spiritual surgery, and we got to be open to God doing spiritual surgery. That does not mean that we check our brain at the door and we give up our theology and we don't listen to the word of God and we don't study the word. Uh, it also means, but it does mean that we're not scared that something's going to happen that I don't understand. Some of the greatest prophetic words I've ever gotten, I had to carry with me for a while because I did not understand them. And so I just had to carry them around for a couple years. And then eventually... Eventually, it was like, oh, this is what that was for. 
this is what that was for. I had to carry it around for a while. I didn't understand it for a long time. Now I get it. But, but um, I've had a lot of those, and I'm believing for more. Last scripture I got here. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. You don't hear this a lot in a lot of churches today. He says, therefore, my brothers, desire earnestly to prophesy. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say this again. It's the end of so 1 Corinthians chapter 12. See, G, Paul is trying to deal with some, um, some, some disunity in Corinth. Corinth had some problems. They weren't getting along. People were trying to figure out who was the best because they were using the world system to judge things that are happening in the house of God. Who's on top? Who's on bottom? Who's better? Who's not as good? Like all this stratification. And so Paul is trying to say, listen, if you're trying to build your own kingdom, you're missing the point of the baptism of the Spirit. You're missing the point of why Jesus came. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he starts telling them there's, there's a whole bunch of different gifts, but they all come from one Spirit. You're not special because you have a gift. One gift does not make you special. We all got some of the Holy Ghost. It all looks a little different, but together there's one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he's like, God is love, and these gifts should provoke love. If you're in love with people while you're giving the gifts, you're doing it right. But if you're trying to build yourself on top of people, you're doing it wrong. Love is the most important part of the functioning of the gifts, right? 1 Corinthians 14, he starts coming back to the gifts again, saying, hey, I don't want you to think that I'm like, you know, like saying they're not important. That's not what's actually happening. And so then he starts talking again about the gifts. He talks about the ministries. But then he talks about how important it is to have prophecy. Because when prophecy is done right, it will shift lives and bring you into callings. But when it is done wrong, it wrecks lives. It wrecks ministries. It wrecks callings. It wrecks destinies. It makes people believe that they are the God-man on earth and they begin to manipulate other people. I've watched it even in the last year and a half. People who said that they were prophetically discerning were giving people demons. I watched it happen. I watched people that I loved and loved me have a spirit of fear come over them because someone was prophesying from a false spirit releasing demons on people's lives. People who had love for unity for a decade, all of a sudden, were suspicious and accusatory because somebody with a, with a demon put demons on them. This is why in Corinth, it had gone so wrong, they're like, forget it, we're not doing prophecy anymore. And Paul's like, you can't. You have to do it, but with love. But then he says at the end, he says, listen, if somebody keeps giving a tongue and they think they have a message and no one interprets it, tell them to stop because it's not helping anybody. If someone's doing stuff and it's not helping, tell them to stop. Try another one. But then he says, therefore, therefore, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. All things must be done properly and in order. Hallelujah. And so for this believers meeting, we're going to have prophecy, I think. I think we probably will. We will have prophecy. Mario said we will have prophecy. Uh, and, and I am believing that um, when the prophetic word comes, here's, a, so here's what's good about the prophetic word. When the prophetic, and, I'm not, and I, don't, I don't exalt it above any other gift, but this prophetic word will unlock some things. And, and, and you may not get a prophecy personally, and here's, here's my favorite kind of prophetic word. Real prophecy, um, real prophecy d- displays um, an aspect of Christ that you didn't know yet. 
personally in your life. So this prophetic word, like if someone's like, oh, you're going to get a blue car and all that. That doesn't take that doesn't glorify Jesus in any way. That does not unlock who Jesus is. But when the prophecy comes and and unlocks, unleashes, um, uncovers an aspect of Christ in your life. I can get some of that. Now, I may not understand the word that Josh gets, but there's part of what is being revealed to Josh that I can look at from a different angle and say, wow, look at God. There is an aspect of Christ I didn't know about. There is an aspect. And so one day down the road, you're in a situation and somebody and all of a sudden the word that Josh got gets in your head and you're like, oh, I know that word that was for Josh is also for this person. I'm going to give it to them because I because I because I've heard God say this. Right. So God, God may give you a word that um, that speaks right to your situation. But also you can get a word that's a seed for the future that you don't even know you need yet. Right. So 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 sometimes you're like, I don't know what that word means at all. And, and, and I've and I have personally been in meetings where the prophet is going off going off and i'm like that's for the person sitting next to them he's so close but that's for the person right next to him and so the person next to you might be getting getting your word just go ahead and take it just take it just take the word i'll I'll take it if you don't and so um with that mario you want to talk now here use this mic this one sounds better would i preach right if i would use this one Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I had a lot planned for, to say. That's what that's what we do. But God wants me to get something out of the way first. And uh, and I was looking into the. We are all believers here. This is gonna very get very weird. Okay. Yeah. It, it's. It, I mean, I'm not weird at all. I mean, not weird enough just to look at, but not. I try to be normal. It's not I can. But um. So I was, as I was preaching, I was, I was sitting there. You know, who has TikTok here? Instagram? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a very technological person. You would not believe that. But I study a lot of uh, technology, and I like technology. So you look at me like, oh, man, you know nothing about technology. I do. A lot. I used to hack people and all that before I got saved. Uh, before I got saved. So I know, I know all that. I'm, I'm talking about TikTok and all that. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, this should be staying up. It was. It just. Uh, it don't matter. I would like to stay up, but it's fine. Uh, don't get distracted. But that's fine. Just leave it there. Just. Uh, um, so I want to start talking about TikTok a little bit and Instagram. Every time. Every time. Here we go. That's your pastor. Here we go. Hallelujah. So. Every time you and me post something on Instagram or TikTok, we are, we are leaving that register to, to the posterity. You know, it stays there. I don't know how long it stays there. I know there's a lot of things that stay there. And we are, sometimes we're enacting something. We're showing something. We are showing, well, I'm not going to that, but we're showing the people in the other side of the phone uh, an aspect about us. Or we are leaving something. Or we are, it's a moment Moment of our lives that we want to share. To be there. For some reason. For everybody to see it. So. This might be stretching a little bit. But. I don't think it is. Every time we post something. We are making a prophetic act. Of our lives. We're registering, registering something. Of our lives. For everybody to see. And that what you're going to see. Or they're going to see. Is going to provoke something in them. Happiness. Jealousness. Whatever. Lust. Whatever. 
It will. So, before we think that things at church are weird, let's just not look at the world that it's normal. It's not. Let's not act like being in in front of a phone, which I've done. I'm not saying don't do it. And and, and, and and doing things about your life and, and... Oh, people really op- buy something and they open it in front of the camera and they worship that product. Wait, wait, I've, I've watched it. I mean, because I want to know the product, but you know what I'm saying? You know. And then we go up to church. Oh, this is weird. No, weird is buying a phone and opening it in front of the camera and people watching it. So let's not think that the things of God is weird. And the things of the world is normal. We live in a weird world. We live in a weird world. So I'm not, and I'm, and, and I'm not trying to, to justify what I'm about to do. Because I'm convinced 100% that God told me to do this. So before any, any prophecy, I don't know if you came here to receive something. But God told me, ask them if they're willing to give something first. And not, not, it's not a change. It's not like, oh, I'll give you. I'll give. No, 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 no. He's just asking you. Doesn't matter if you don't want to give, he's not going to give you back. That's not, not, that's not our God. He just made only to ask you. And for that, I don't know if you're familiar with prophetic acts in scriptures. Prophetic acts. Yeah, it's a lot of prophetic acts. When we, baptism is one of those. Well, it's more than that, but you know, when we wash the feet, you know, when, when, uh, when we're talking about standing stone this morning, it's a prophetic act. Something that resembles something in the spirit. In the natural. So we do a prophetic act to provoke the spiritual world that we are willing for that to happen in reality. So when you come to receive a word, you're hoping that God will, will tell you something that he just said it. Reveals an aspect of Jesus in your, in your life that you don't know. So you got a new information, quote unquote, that will activate an aspect of Jesus in you. Right? But what, I'm, what we're going to do through this prophetic act is you are going to input in the, in the spiritual world saying, I am participating. Because that's, that's what we do when we pray. I'm not going to go there, but that's what we do when we pray. Have you think about this? I, I, I've had to think about this. Why do we pray? God, just do it. You, you really know what you do. I mean, you do good things. Just, just do it. God is inviting us to shape the world that we are living. He's like, I'm doing something good. Tell me how. Tell me when. Help me shape things around me. If you haven't seen this, just look at Moses. You look at Mary. You look at your, you look at your pastor. The way he's been partnered with God to shape things around them. That's what we do. We pray. We, God is saying, tell me. I'm here. Help me shape things around you. In your life, in others' life. To the prophetic act. So, I have a... Uh, is, is this... I don't want you to think, oh, this is a holy candy. No, it's just candy. Candy, candy. <laughs> but what God told me to do, I'm going to explain how is it going to go. Pay attention. This is going to be important. Because then we're going to have words. But per, first, I want you to say what you're you going to have. What are you willing to give? Maybe you're going to give something you don't know you're giving. That's our God right there. It's by faith. So I am going... Personally serve each one of you one candy while my wife plays in a minute. I want you to be in the spirit of prayer as, as I do that. Stand up, sit down, rolling around. Just stop if you're rolling so you give it the candy. And when you're ready, 
I want you to go through this in your mind. And once you finish, I want you to take that candy I'm going to give you. I want you to put it here on this treasure. And we're going to close it. And then we're going to explain what's going to happen. So what you're going to do, you're going to grab one. You're going to pray the way I'm going to tell you to do. So, And once you finish, what you are resembling, and this is prophetic, that is like, God, I have a jewelry. I have a jewel in me. I have a gift in me. I have an ability in me. I have something you gave me that I wanted for me real bad. But what I'm doing, I want this sweetness for me. Actually, I want to share it. I want, I want to give it back to you. And not, if you're not from this church, it's fine. You're not giving back to this church. You're giving back to God. And you, whenever you're ready, I don't care whenever you, when everybody does it, when everybody does it, how I'm going to know, everybody's going to stand up, everybody does it, everybody's going to sit down, that's it. When you do it, you go sit down. If you haven't done it, stay up, as long as you can. I don't matter to me. So I'm going to serve you prophetically, like God gave you when you, when you were born. You're going to pray. You're going to pray like this. When, when God built it, when, sorry, when God give, this is a very complicated prophetic act. You, you better be sure. When God, when God built it, the, um, the tabernacle, what he was saying is, in Genesis, what he did, he built the world and he told Adam and Eve, fill it up. Right? Didn't work. Bad. No, didn't work. What he did in the, in the tabernacle, he did the opposite. I'll, you build a temple, I'll fill it. I, that's not, my, I, I learned it from somebody way more smart than me. But I'll build a temple, you fill it. And what happened in the temple, real quick, I'm not going to go in the temple. I'll let your pastor teach you about this. The temple, the tabernacle is first the sacrifice. Get in your mind, the sacrifice, repentance. Sacrifice the animal. Second, just, just the priest goes forward and cleans himself at, the, at this tub. It's made of bronze. And he can see himself. He's clean. And he has something in his head that says holiness. He needs to clean himself and look at himself there and says, I'm holy. You better be because you're about to walk into the, to the Holy of Holies, the holy place. So now he walks into a tent, second tent, which is the holy place. What's there? The bread. The incense and the lampstand. That is a sign of the church. Which is the bread, the word of God. Incense is the prayers. And the, the lampstand is the Holy Spirit. It's, I'm going to go fast. I can stay hours explaining this. This is another place. This is when you are with the people. You are, you are eating. You are offering your prayers. And you are being filled by the Holy Spirit. And then finally, you get in the Holy of Holies. Where is the ark. Of the covenant. And that's the presence of God. That's where he feels the place. So as you pray. When you receive your, 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 your gift. Your candy. I want you to go repent. Just do it whatever you want. Just repent. But wait, wait. This is a prophetic act. Don't repent just for you. That's selfish. Repent for your generation. Repent for your family. Repent. Then clean yourself. Know that you, the righteousness of Jesus came upon you. Then walk into the Holy of Holies. To the holy place. Walk into a place that you know that there's bread. There's the Holy Spirit. And offer your prayer. 
then you get into the presence of God. And here, if you can still stand, just don't say nothing anymore. Just contemplate His presence. And once you're ready, I want you to bring your candy and put it over here. And once you're done, I want you to go back to your place, sit down, and stay in spirit of prayer. And whenever, when everybody's done, we're going to continue. Sorry. I was not planned. God told me to do so, and I truly believe that's coming from Him. So everybody stand. I'm going to serve you while my, my wife comes.
are on the whenever we finish
that atmosphere that something's about to happen. That something is happening. As our brothers pray and they go through their through their process. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep interceding. Keep asking God. Keep worshiping God. Keep blessing God for who He is. Create that atmosphere that He's here. We don't need answers. We need you. We don't need answers. We need you, God. Pray for your enemies. Pray for discernment. Ask God. If you want to cry, cry to God. If you want to complain, complain to God. Trust me. He'll be pleased to hear from you. God that knows how to rest. No other God knows how to rest. With 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 a small G. Just rest right now. I feel like this God wants you to settle you down. The peace. That's my first word for for this for tonight. Peace. And there's a lot going on. God is a God that teaches how to rest stops and he ponders and he watches what he has done that is good yes hey rest I want you to feel like God is holding you in his arms because he is he's just you know he's just that dad that's holding you very hard until you just stop 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 moving he's not going to hit you he's not going to yell at you he's just holding you waiting for you to stop this is, this is people think about meditation and, and the world have been, have been just wrecking this idea like the devil loved to do meditation is absolutely scriptural just look at Psalm 1 meditate the difference is we're thinking we're, we are thinking God we're thinking about Jesus about who he is about how great God is how, how faithful he is we're not just emptying our minds to empty the minds. I don't even think. I want you to 
can feel the peace of God in this place right now. It's not, it's not in these four walls. No. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. Feel that peace. Feel God asking you to rest on Him. Yes, we're about to, it's about to get crazy. It's Monday. Everything's going to go back up. No, don't worry about that now. Just feel the peace. If it's one second of the last one year, three years since COVID happened, I want you to, from God I'm telling you, feel the peace. Feel the arms of God around you. That's the place we want to minister from. That's the place we wanted to wait for the presence of God. Rest. 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 And enjoy what I have done, which is good. Which is good. you have done for us. We worship you, God. We bless you. We bless you in our lives. What you've done is good. What you've done is good. It's good. It's good. Thank you. We worship you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you because you're not in the business of not being weird. Thank you. Thank you because when we get out of our comfort zones for, for moments like this, or, or even to raise our hands sometimes, or even to pray in tongues sometimes, when we get out of our comfort zone, we are giving out something that we cannot control. Like, God, I, I can't control this. I'm just going to do it. it. It's weird. I don't even know what's happening. I'm just going to do it. You take control of it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just enjoy. Enjoy the rest. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. know what you're feeling right now it's with you it's not something it's someone it's with you it's with me every day when we wake up when we walk when we drive when we work when we work out when we eat everything it's there rest on him everything's gonna be fine church is gonna be fine life's gonna be fine Rest in Him. Rest in Him. Thank you, Jesus. What do you got? Right there. I'm going to talk. You don't have to open your eyes if you don't want to. Just listen to me. are part of a family you don't have to look at me if you don't want it's fine just stay right there where you have to be when we're part of a family and then somebody receives a gift um, we rejoice 
because uh, you are, because whoever give give the gifts is just you know recognizing that um, that person needs it, or maybe just a, it's a time for it. So when we're in a family, we rejoice. We don't if somebody gets a gift and we do not rejoice, that means we're kids. Kids do that. Non mature people do that. It's normal, right? If you're a kid and your brother gets a gift, you don't. You 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 you, you throw a temper tantrum. Because <laughs> I want a gift too. But when you're mature, you and your and your brother receives a gift, you're like, yes. You're like, yes. And that's what I wanted for tonight. You know, I I said it on the on the video that we recorded. I truly believe this. We're making a space. I said it about the, the temple, tabernacle. They made a space for God to fill it up. What are we doing here tonight on a Sunday, 7.30, is we're making space for God to move. Making space for God to say, talk, to be silent if he wants to. To walk away if he wants to. But we just want to open space for God to, to do whatever he wants to do through our lives. And I'm glad. That, um, that he invited me to be here for Carl and, and, and Tracy. Thank you. Before I start um, prophesying over your lives, uh, I want to say a couple of things that are very important. And your pastor already, already talked about prophecy, but there are a couple of uh, very technical things that I want to say. This is going to sound very teachy, very, but it's very important. I have a, I have a something we got that. Um, and with my leaders and with my the people that raised me on, on a prophetic gift that I have to do this every time I speak. So it doesn't matter if I'm in front of a hundred apostles, pastors, angels, semi-gods. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's people they think they are. It's really weird. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. So I'm not treating you like you don't know this. It's more about, I'm being selfish. It's more about me getting this out of my chest. So make sure you know it. If you know it, great. It's good to be reminded. So a couple of practical things. When you receive a prophetic word, you will see through my life three of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit tonight. You will see the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and you will see the prophecy. We're not going to teach about that, but those are the three things you're going to see more. We may have healing too. But, um, but those three things you're going to see more. You're going to listen more through my life. And, um, and everything that we do, just forget about prophecy for a second. Everything that we do for somebody in the name of God, we should do it with the right heart. Are we going to mess it up? Yeah. But we should keep the heart of doing it according to His Word, to His Spirit, and in the right timing. Right? If we're gonna, forget about prophetic word. Just talk about feeding the people, feeding the homeless. No. You're going to do it. You might not be the best cooker in your life, but you're going to do it with all your heart. You're going to be the best you can. Knowing that God's going to use your hand, your money, and your pots, everything you're doing to give to, to so that's the same. The prophecy is the same. I'm here to do my best and keep my heart right. But, but prophecy has something very interesting. We need to judge it. And you'll be like, no, Mar, so you don't know if it's God speaking. I know. I want you to know. The way you will know that's God speaking is. Or it's Mario trying to help you. Which can be the same thing. You need to judge what, everything you're going to hear. It needs to be weighted 
like like a like a like a when you compare something, it's it's one side on the side needs to be weighted, compared. So I'm 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 willing to stand before God today from every word I'm gonna say to you. But also I'm willing to stand before God and tell him, I told him to judge it because I am a broken vessel. If God wanted to be perfect, like straightforward with you, he will talk directly with you, like he does. But he decided for some reason that it's the craziness of grace is that he wants to use my life through my experience, through the movies I've watched, the books I've read, the life I've lived, my mistakes, everything. That will shape the message you will hear. God decided to be so. I'm going to try to be as faithful as I can. What I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. But I want you to judge it in three instances. The word of God. If I say something that's against the word of God, should repent and you should talk to me please in love second thing you want to judge it between, between the witness of the holy spirit and this is kind of bigger than you think the witness of the holy spirit is what is that mario yeah it's your your community it's four instances your life with god you and god your leader your mentor somebody that you like two the group of people that you walk around group and then the, the church that you're part. So you and God, one-on-one group in the church. Those four instances, they give you the witness of the Holy Spirit. The way they interpret scriptures. They know you. They know your life. Of course, when you're in a secret with God, well. So those witnesses, when you are in those places, everything that I say needs to be weighted on those instances. You need to, to ask your pastor. Ask your leader. If you're married, please let me know as soon as we start talking. Because I want to know if you're married. Because... It needs to be heard between the couple. It needs to hear that. It's not just for you. You're married. <laughs> I said both. It might be for you, but it, it involves both of you. So it needs to be judged. And the third thing is it needs to be judged and weighted through time. Another thing that you're going to see if prophecy is right, is just give it time. God's going to show you. And it might, it might be, uh, well, I'll leave it there. I'll pray for it. And it might just, Mario ate a lot of hamburgers. He wanted to bless me too much. And God is like, okay, Mario. And that happened. And the problem with prophets and prophets is like, we're not willing to say that. I am not afraid to go here and say, I might mistake myself today. But I trust the God I serve. And I trust the Holy Spirit that is in you. That he's going to witness what I'm going to say. And this might not be very popular for prophets. I don't care. I'm not going to stand here and say, everything I'm going to say is coming straight from the Lord. It's going to be word by word. That is, that is anathema. That's not, that's not true. He's using me and he decided to do so. It's crazy enough. So I wanted to judge it. Another thing, very practical. I might not remember what I'm going to say. I might minister to you five minutes, one minute, two minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't know. Maybe. I want you to, if you can, if you feel comfortable, if you have how, I want you to record it. You don't have to. No, it's okay. I want you to, so they don't need to record it. But, but if you want to record it on your phone, you can. But wow, that's very good. So I have to walk here. So you need to, you need to look it up again because you want to hear it again. There's a reason we read this. Somebody recorded it. Right? And then we have it. Great. And they were humans. Crazy. Jeez. Not, some of them are very perfect. 
Yeah. And, and still here. And it's the word of God. And it's holy. Ah, that's crazy. If that's not crazy enough for you, it, it's just God is. Okay. So those are the things, right? And if I give you a word, like I said, you're married, let me know. And, um, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, something else you want to say? All right, good. All right, let me pray. And um, what, what do you want? You want to, I'm going to make this. I've never did this before. It did like this. Well, what I'm going to do right now. Do you want to stay seated? Or do you want to come in the front? Uh, a prophet said to you over here. Raise your hand if you want to. St- I'll tell him what you did. See, your pastor is way not nicer. I'm way nicer. I'll just stay there. All right, good. Yeah. Okay. So. See, he's teaching me right now. There you go. There you go. All right. So, um, the first thing I want to I say about this, to close it up, is God have received your gifts. And in the, spirit, in the spiritual world, you just, you, just, you just give it back to him. Now, it's trusting. We talked about this morning. Trust that he's going to guide you through his spirit. There you go. I like the judge. Like, there you go. <laughs> so, um, yes, please, please test the words. Okay. So, um, uh, doesn't have to be very spiritual. I'm just going to talk to people. You're going to be very normal. You will be surprised. If you have to go, go. If you want to stay all the time, stay. If you want to go eat, go eat. Buy anything. Okay. Spots. I was going to talk to him. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk to you. What's your name? Yes. Oh. What's your name? Say your name, my wife. Hey. I got the God. You know, God is funny. God is fun. the first one, huh? Ben, I didn't know that. You want to record it, Luana? Very familiar to say that name though. It's very good. There's not very much Luana's around. Is it? Not really, right? Re- yeah, in Brazil, yes. No, I didn't know that. No, I didn't You ready, Luana? There we go. There we go. Luana, um had this vision of you. Um you have this brain that is very artistic. God is showing me. And what that means is, when you look at things, you see things different than, different than other people. Like, i give you an, an, a practical example. You look at, you know, traffic light. I see a traffic light. You see like a smiley face. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. God gives you a creative mind. And automatically, I want to think, oh, it's going to be drawing or doing some artistic stuff. It might. But the main thing that God is doing through that artistic brain is, He's going to show you things about Him that maybe other people can't because the way you see it. So I want you to think about this. When you're reading scriptures, when you're praying, you might be feeling stuff. You might be seeing things that nobody else is. Not because you're... I want you to pray about it. I want you to seek with God what that means. Don't share it right away. Seek with God. You have a creative mind. You are, you are an a, a industry. Your mind is an industry of ideas. 
I feel like in the future, God's going to use you to, to even sell ideas. It's going to be so, yeah, people are going to come to you like, I want to do this. And you'll be like, how about you do this, da, 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 da. And people be like, whoa, I never thought about that. Bam. You're like this, this endless uh, uh, creativity. And, it, and it's very, um, I want to say it, it's very, um, it's in every, like not just one area. It's just everywhere. Everywhere. You can talk about this area, that area, because God's going to use the creativity. And, and, and whenever you go out there and work, by the way, um, I don't know if, you, if you're thinking about going studying far away from here. But I think God's going to take you far away from here to study at some point. You're going to study something specific, but it's going to be far away from here. In another land. And, uh, and that's going to be important for you because it's going to give another perspective. I, I'm talking by experience. So just go. Whenever God starts speaking to that, if, I, if I'm right, God's going to start speaking to that with you. And you're going to be like, oh, I remember Mario told me that. And then you pray. And then I'm going to tell you where to go. Um, you're going to be very, um, I'm, I'm going to be very careful and say this. You're going to be very success, successful in business. Wait. Not the way the world sees success. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Because he's going to provide. <laughs> he's not going to leave, you're going to ever, ever leave you with any need. But you have to teach people that success is not what they think it is. That's, that's your anointing. People are going to look at you. They, 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 do, they do now. They look at you and they're like, how she can figure things out? You have friends. They look at you and be like, I mean, I feel like Luana does less. Does more with less. I feel like I study and study and study. I get B. Luana does not does do that. Not that you're not. But you just go and just study a little bit and you get it. Bam. I'm not saying you don't have to study. I'm just saying, you know, you, you do more with less because it's the upside down kingdom that we, that we serve. So I wanted to put that word in your heart. And um, yeah, that's what I have for you. I have something. Can I jump on that? Yep. Say, um, okay, I'm going to make a confession as I share this word for Luana. Um, has Bama Rush Talk taken anybody's for you page? Is it just me? Does it, does that, does that, does that resonate at all? So there's this funny thing about, uh, if you don't know what that means, just thank you. You'll think better of me if you don't know what that means. Um, and so there's this funny thing about Bama Rush Talk, right? So everybody, they look the same, right? And there's an aspect of that that looks so fun because you kind of fit in. Like you're one of the people. Does that make sense? Like you see the, like they're all doing the thing, right? And they all happen to look the same. And you're like, wow, look, they found a place to belong, right? Like I fit in, like we all want to, like that's the kind of the draw of the sororities, like I can be one of us. Like, I get to be an us, right? And um, the, the challenge with the creativity God has given your mind is that it, it, it can't be cloned. And there isn't an us, per se, with how God has structured your mind. And so, you, like, because you just don't think the way other people think. And the, 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 um, <clears throat> the temptation in being different is thinking that's less, Right? Because the world wants to stamp out clones. And because the world is insecure and it wants you to be like them. Right? And so um, 
the key to you coming into what God has called you to do is being able to be the other and being comfortable with the creativity God has given you. It's not a, okay, this, I'm, I don't mean it this way. It's not a brain deficiency. It's a creative way of thinking. And, and other people, it's kind of like when someone moves here from another country and they're speaking the wrong language, but they're speaking language just fine. Just other people don't understand it. Right? There's nothing wrong with what they're saying. It's just different. And so the way God has um, crafted how you think may not fit in the circles that you want to fit into, but that says nothing about you. Does that make any sense at all? And so as you learn to embrace that, God, then you'll be able to embrace the God who wants to move through you and you come into what God's called you to. Does that make any sense at all? So my prayer for you, Luana, um, my prayer for you is that you see deep down inside what looks like flaws are God's fingerprints. And how he's crafted you. And the things that you're going to come into only you can come into because, like, the thing that draws people to Bama Rush talk is I want to be like, but God is like, I, but I've made you special. I can't make you like because you're special. So that's the word I have. Um, thank you, What's your name? I've been drawing, God's been drawing to talk to you. I, got, I like to get closer to people. If the mic doesn't work, I, I just go back. What's your name? Say it again. Peter Gay. I said it right? I said it right? Okay, good. Uh, are you married? Okay. Um, I didn't ask Luana. I'm assuming you're not. You, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> no judging. It's fine. Um, you have been asking God. Why do I have this heart of worship? Why can I? Why cannot? Why can't I take out the focus out of, out of you, God? And this is hard because now there's there's a deep and I and I and I and I and I resonate with that. There's a deep feeling inside of you of, of, of legalism because you're like God. I have this earning for you, and I feel like. I'm not accepted because I'm not doing the right thing. Sometimes, I mean, it, there's like this fight inside of you because this, this willing for God. And on the other hand, you're judging yourself. So I want, I, want, I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there and say the righteousness comes from Jesus. You're not doing because you need to be loved. You're doing because you're loved. And God showed me, God showed me this, this heart of, of worshiper that you have. I don't know if you have a gift with music or something like that, or kind of or any type of art of art of worship that you will say. But I've, I'm gonna risk myself here a little bit. I think there's something back in, in your past that has been setting. You're like ah, just like this, just like this. Ah, yeah, it's it's fine. I'm gonna leave it there. Whenever I want it, I use it. No, 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 no. That's who you are. What God is doing today is just opening the door. And he's saying, hey, that's who I made you. Look at this. Oh, that's who I made you. Don't be ashamed. Be ashamed of who he made you. Don't be ashamed of the gifts you have. 
Don't be ashamed the way you talk. I feel like there's, God's going to anoint your words as you talk. And you don't even have to be a preacher. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying you don't have to. When you talk to people, they feel the presence of God. So, I want you to understand this. God, when Jesus sat at the table to serve, us, to serve them the bread, and he served us every week, he was willing to be seated at the table with Judah, with Peter. And, and if you tell me, it's not such a great gang. You say, oh, this is great guys. They turned to be good. At that time, they would be like, ah, one turn away, the other, you know, you know what happened. And we think that we need to be at that table in the perfect state. I want you to go to the table. God is telling you, daughter, come to the table and eat the bread with me. Eat the bread with me. There's a lot of condemnation in your life. God's going to rip that apart to get into your heart. He loves you. You know that. But it's, just, it's not just knowing. It's allow that sword. Allow that sword that you were speaking early. You're talking about a sword early. To pierce your heart. But mainly, the image you have from yourself. God wants to love you and He loves you in a way that you, you don't even understand. I don't even understand. But I just feel a deep, deep cry from the Holy Spirit. Saying, daughter, you need to look the, to yourself the way I look to yourself. Amen. Amen. Uh, what's your name? I'm not doing it. Right in front of me. What's your name? Yes. Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan. Um, you, are you married, Jonathan? How old are you, Jonathan? You young. Come on. Come on, Jonathan. Well, I say that, right? Sometimes. Jonathan, let me, let me, let me sit beside you. God, give me a word like this for you. Um, you know, when he, when he walked at that, when Jesus walked at that pool in Bethesda, you know that he walked among a lot of people that did not get healed that day. And um, when I look at that for the first time, I did have a problem with that. You know, can you imagine just Jesus going around these people and finding one? I can do all the theology I can to explain that. I can't. But when he walked to that pool, he went to grab that man. For some reason, that I, I can't explain. You, ask your pastor. He might have a great explanation. I don't. But I'm not trying to go, cause confusion here. I, I think I'm sharing this because God wants to tell you that He's giving you a gift, Jonathan, that you're not made for the masses. God's going to give you one at a time. You're going to walk in that place and you're going to see a lot of brokenness. Look at I mean, this is the world we live. But God's going to call you to one. And then you're going to be walking and then there's, you have felt this before. You're going to be that frustration. God, God, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? God is saying, Jonathan, one. One at a time. So you're gonna you're gonna walk you're gonna walk in that room and God's gonna give you one at a time, but I've, I I have I felt this feeling from God that you're gonna train leaders. God God's gonna make you 
grab these people for Jesus, that they are influenced people. Influential people. God, you're going to see yourself, Jonathan, in the next one year and a half, sitting on tables that you've never been seated before. You've never seen yourself sitting before. You'd be like, what am I doing here? I'm not even that important. In your eyes, that God's going to tell you, just observe. I have one for you here. One. I have one for you. And, and, and I do think that there's a prophetic gift in your life too. God's going give, to give you visions. You're going to start feeling what they feel. Because when, when, when a prophet, when a prophetic word makes us feel how, what that, people's, that person is feeling, we now can minister out of a place of mercy and not of judgment. So when you walk into those rooms, you're going to feel their pain. You're going to feel their, their, their sadness. You're going to feel their bondage. Sorry, my phone's getting crazy. Give me one second. Sorry. Um, wait, this is my mom talking to me. Yes, my mom calls me. I'm the youngest. It is what it is. Um, let me go back where I was. Okay. So, God's going to put you that... Oh, a prophetic gift. Yes. God's going to make you perceive their, their sadness. And you're going to walk out of some rooms like, Oh, man, I'm so sad. Oh, I feel I feel depressed. Yeah, yes, yes. It's not you. It's God making you feel that, and He's going to tell you what to, what to do and where to go. Also, um, I see this um, shift in your life in the next uh, six months. I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I I see God like turning. Like if you're in a car, I see like the oh, the wheel going like this, and it's turning some of your plans. I think um, it's in Ephesians that says that um, the shakes, the shakings of God come to shake the things so the unshakable will stay. So it's not a bad thing, but it's a turn. And you're going to see promises that you had for 10 years coming to fulfillment in the next six to eight months, I think. I'm just going to throw it a year so it'll be safe. But I, I think it's going to be early. I think it's going to be early. So just be available. I have something on that. So I felt like this breakthrough, six months, I had this story, and it's not about you. But remember in um, Bethesda when um, Jesus healed the demoniac and set him free? And he decided, um, now that he's healed and in his right mind, he says, I'm going to go with you, Jesus. I'm going to leave this place of oppression and go with you. And Jesus said, no, you're going to stay here. And so this, this um, guy wanted to go and do something for Jesus, not knowing that he was already, like, we're still studying the story, and he didn't go anywhere, right? And so I feel like in your, um, part of your breakthrough is not in the going, but in there's something in the healing in the local. And so sometimes we feel like we need to go to be healed, and other times Jesus is like, no, you need to stay to see the healing manifest around you. So I think that is connected to the six-month breakthrough. So I just, I just put that out there. Thank you. Thank you. What's your name? Your name? Yes. Hakel. I'll say it like that. <laughs> um, okay, good. Is, is he is not here? Okay, so you share this with him. Wait, what? I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, got you, got you, got you. 
The Mexicans. I guess I'm American that speaks Portuguese. Uh, <laughs> it's just a joke. Um, Raquel and what's his name again? Christopher. Um, so you share this with him, okay? Because of course it's uh, for both of you. It's going to go through you. It's going to be for both of you. Raquel, um, God is showing me something that you. I'm going to go back here a little bit. God is showing me something that you've been praying. See, Luana, I want to have a staff so I can hold it here and prophesy. I try to. I try to tell her that I want a staff. Sorry, I'm just going to. Because I feel like, see, I, I, look, tell me, Mike, it look good if I can prophesy like this. See, Luana, I want to carry a staff. I really want to carry a staff. And she said no. I'm getting rid of the beard, by the way. Yes, she, she don't like it, Mike. She's the boss. Sucks. Okay, so. <laughs> so, Raquel, um, God is telling me this. It's kind of a prayer that you've been doing. It might come out wrong. I'm going to correct it after it comes out wrong. <laughs> When it's my time. When it's my time. When, when, when's it going to come? I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Oh, come on. I've been, I, she was talking to me. I was like, I've been waiting. And you're like, you're, you're literally looking at God and say, where's, where's my time? My time at Christopher. Where's, where's our time? I've been faithful. I've been there for you, with you. When's my time? And then I know it came out wrong. You're not like that. You're not like that with God. You're not like holding him accountable. You just want for it to happen. You just, you just want it, which is, I mean, I can feel it from God. It's just, you have the right heart. You're not like you're bad, mad at him. You may be mad sometimes, but he don't. He don't take that personal. Um, Raquel, the only thing that's holding your promise, it's because some people around you are not ready to see the way God sees you. Sees you and Christopher. They're going to they're gonna be scared away if God reveals you right now. So you, are, you and Christopher are a secret of God. You're a hidden secret. I received this word maybe five, five years ago from a From a mentor that passed away. And, uh, and he said. I was, I was a secret of God. I was hidden. And, and you were hidden. You were hidden. And God. Has a timing for his, for his, for his treasure. Because if he show it. He might scare people out. He might draw people out. That's not the right, the right way he wants. So. Just understand this. That you are a treasure of God. And on the right time. He's going to uncover you. He's going to uncover you. You, I know, he says this, you are ready, says God, says the Lord. You're ready to be uncovered. The time is not ready for you to be uncovered. A little bit more. Do you have kids? How many kids do you have? You're done having kids? Does Christopher want kids? You want kids? All right. Well, of course, this is a partnership between you, Christopher, and God, right? Yeah, yeah, but I do see a third kid if you want to. If you and Christopher want to, I'm not saying you're going to have to have to have it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I see a third, and I, I just want to tell you that if, if God give you peace, you and Christopher, 
God is, you know, of course, releasing that upon your life. I, until this day, I don't know exactly what that means when God gave me these words. I just trust that he's going to do something in your life. I've given this word to people that do not want to have kids. You'll be like, ah, too late. <laughs> so, so I see, I do see, if you want to. Okay? Just, just remember this. It's not mammon that defines when your kids come. Mammon. The God of money in the Bible. It's not, that's not money. That's not, it's not money that defines. It's God and you and Christopher. Don't put a, a fourth party on here. Just let those three define it. And it's okay. Of course, he doesn't want it. It's okay. It's the timing. But um, what I see in your life, and in Christopher's life, your pastoral family. Yeah. You're going to ministry f- with your family. And also, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher is a, uh, people can, can tell. He's very welcoming. But people can tell. <laughs> you look at him, you can tell. You need, to, you, need to, you need to meet him a little bit more to know that he's very welcoming. If it's for him, he'll be the house full of friends every single week. He'll be like, you know I have to clean, right? You know, you know, you know. And like, yeah, yeah, but we can do it. So that's, him. that's him. You're going to ministry with your family. You're going to open your house. And people are going to go and they're going to see Jesus through your family. They're going to see the witness of God through your relationships. I see God, God um, opening a door. Christopher, I don't know if he where he works, if he's working or not, right now or not, but whenever he's going to work, that's going or, or he's working, that's going to open a door for him to influence a lot of people. Because for some reason, Christopher has that uh, kamikaze idea. He just he don't care when it's Jesus. He don't care when he knows God talking. He's one of those. He don't care. He don't care about himself. And and God likes those sometimes. Now sometimes we just don't. But sometimes there's there's situations God will do. yeah I like him he would just gonna heads first that's what he does I want to encourage him to keep like that with wisdom of course so yeah yeah that's the word I have for you thank you I'm just gonna add one little one part so like if you read Paul you know an important part about reading Paul is sometimes you have to read him backwards so, right you know what I'm talking about like. He you read talked, the conclusion first. Yeah, you read the conclusion, and then you come to, like, you got to read him backwards almost because he's laying something out, and you're like, oh, that's No, it's not like t- those records that you play them backwards. And no, it's that. not no, like that. No, 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 like but that. sometimes, like, you, you read something, about- and you don't know what it means because he's unpacking something he's going to say later, right? And so I just want to reorder something he said, and this is your pastor speaking, not the Lord. So what, I've, what I heard, and you and Christopher decide... Um, Mammon does not decide your family. The third child, you guys, there's something in your heart that you want. Mammon doesn't decide that. And your desire for it means that is going to happen. Does does that make sense? So it is a promise that you can stand on that that thing will be fulfilled for the third child to come. Does, Does that make sense? All right. That's it. Thank you. I'm speaking code, but you know what I'm saying, right? Amen. <laughs> speaking code is good. Um, I just hung up on your husband. I'm I was going to talk to her. Uh, she left. Well, she got to go in the end of the line. Who left? She was right there. Be, be, oh, I'll call her right now. She left? She's here. She's here. Yeah, she'll I'm be sure back then. Here. She'll be back. I look she's at her, back. and I look back. She's like, oh, I'm going. <laughs> okay, so, um, 
Yeah, let me go here. I, th- I feel like there's something over here. Something like, over there? I feel like it. Something over there? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it's right here. We've talked last time that came? Yeah. Yes, we did, right? I remember a little. No, I don't remember. Uh, what's your name again? I'm holding. I'm holding. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let me do this. Let me do this. Make it bigger. There we go. The anointing is going to flow right now. There we go. <laughs> is that going to be weird if I walk with a staff? If I come to preach like this, it's going to be great. Man, this. Can you imagine just walking in like, oh, yeah, I want to preach for you. and Just go on. Come on. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Mike. Great, great. <laughs> so let's go back to be serious. What's your name again? Brianna. I think I remember. I'm not going to try to remember. <laughs> Brianna, um, you've always been, I'm going to use the word judged, but you get this. You've always been judged by being too open-handed in, in a sense of, Everything that it's yours is not yours. Everything that it's yours, it's, you just don't care. Because you know God is there for you. No, don't care in a bad way. But you're like, I know God provides. So, it's not, I mean, it is what it is. And, and, and I don't know. You're willing even to be hungry. And I'm going to guess here. Let me go here. With, I'm not guessing, right? But I'm, it's, not like, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my guts here. Let's say it like that. It's you've been, you've been hungry because you feed others. Nobody knows this. Right? I, don't think, I, I don't know a lot of people knows this. But, um, and I don't say that to glorify you. I'm just saying that to glorify the God that's serving you, that makes you trust in Him. So, I don't have to say it, that you have to keep it like that. But, um, again, keep it like that. And now I'm going to go with the but there's some things in your, in your life in the next season. God, I think God speaks in seasons. And unfortunately, unfortunately, even if, I mean, Florida is even worse. Uh, we don't see seasons, right? And even in places that there's seasons, there's air conditioning. So we are preserved from seasons. We don't interact with the seasons. So we don't feel the needs of the seasons. Even when, if you are in, in America, I mean, right? If you go to places, cold, you have air conditioning, you have a heater. But God has seasons. And in the next season, He's going to give things to you that He needs for you to keep. Not, not in a bad way. Not in a selfish way. Because He wants to give you stuff that He want to process through you first. It's going to sound, it's not going to be good. Because you want to share it. You want to give it away. You want, you want to pass it on. But God say, we just... Wait. So the next season is going to be a... <laughs> don't get this out of context. Selfish. It's going to be a selfish season at some point. In a sense, like, things are going to give you stuff and be like, keep this, keep this. A little bit more. You share it, but I need to multiply it in you. Okay? And um, God is bringing me that. When I say multiply, God brought me this, um, the mustard seed passage. And um, and that and I and I feel like that just showed me the way you, your heart is. That's that's your faith. You know you you know 
what I would preach this morning. For you, it's so familiar. You'd be like, oh, I feel like he talked to me. Talk to Mario and then talk to me. Or talk to me and then talk to Mario. It's so familiar to you to trust in God. You are, you are that person. Somebody that knows you deep, that person here that knows you deeper, you are that person that trusts in God. It's very familiar. And you, you know that doesn't take a lot. Just a mustard seed. Plant it. You wait. Because you, you, you know how to wait. You know how to wait. And um, I see three flags. And those flags, they represent countries. And uh, the ministry God has given you, gave you, um, is going to touch three different countries, not just one. And it's going to be like this. One's going to be directly. You're going to be there. You're going to physically be there. That's where things are going to be the center, like the center of, uh, center of uh, intelligence. The second country, you're going to go eventually. And, and, and minister back, teach back. The third country, you're going to send people to. Okay? This word might be for a long time. This beard may get a little bit white, whiter by the time. This, may not, I don't know. But I think this word is going to develop through your life. So guard it in your heart because um, you do have an apostolic anointing in your life. And your pastor can explain it that later. That's a good part of not being from the church. I just say it and then the pastor just clean it. All right? Thank you. Thank you. That's the word I have for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's go right there. And then we just stay here with my staff. Let's say your name again. Sasia. I want to say it right. Oh, Cecia. Ah, Cecia. Okay. That's a Spanish name? All right, good. Uh, thank you for uh, worshiping, helping us worship God. Cecia, um, <laughs> Cecia, I've always thought, ooh, I've always thought that you're the prodigal son. You felt like you've always been treated like that from people. You felt that you've have, you've you've come back home and there's no party for you. There's no ring for you. There's no lamb for you. They just like, oh, says yeah, welcome back. Yeah, whatever, back home. And then I don't want to turn that fire down. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're probably right. But God is telling you this. You've never been my prodigal son. You've, I've never seen you like that. I've never seen you like that. And then the next thing that you're asking God is, when, when the recognitions from men are going to come, when I say men, you know, from, from people around me, when the recognition is going to come, that I've turned my way, that I've come back, that I'm here, I do want a ring. I want to feel important. I want to feel like there's celebration for me to be back. And Cecia, God's going to make the party through your life. You are going to bring the party. You are going to bring the party home. You are the party. And by the time, when the time is right, 
He is going to put a finger in, your, in, your, in you. He is going to kill, kill a lamb for you. He is going to celebrate you. And I'm not saying he's not going to use his people. Listen to me. I'm just saying deeply from, from God. Those people that have treated you wrong in the past. God doesn't hold nothing against them. He just, just looks at them like he looks at us. And, and, and he knows. He knows that in your heart you have forgiven them. It's not something that. He's not telling you this because, oh yeah, you, you hold something against them. No. No, no, I don't think you do. I, in my heart, I, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. But I want you to know this. Because when, you, when you're in your room, I hear your prayers, God says. When you said, God, don't hold nothing against them. They don't know what they're doing. But God give you a home. And you're home now, God says. You're home now. You're home now. I make you a bed. I give you a room to study. I give you food. This is your home. I don't know what that means to you, but this is your home. I brought you home. You're safe now. And the, the safest thing, the safest, the, the, the craziest thing that God wants to, do, to tell you is, look, look at me. You are safe to be you. You don't have to pretend anymore that you're somebody else. Okay? It's okay to be you. Yes, we have floods. Oh, surprise. But it's okay to be you. God can deal with you. It's hard to deal with a version of you that you're trying to paint. Because now people can, can know you. And those are the ones that God is using to minister to you. You're home. And you're free to be you. Okay? All right. I got something there. Good. Here on your phone. Um, come on. Over here. I forgot your name, though. I forgot your, his name. Brandon. Come over here, Brandon. I'm going to repeat the things I told him before we started because I want everybody to hear it. And um, his wife right there. All right. Man, if you have a guy like Mike in your church, you're in the right church. I'm telling you right now. He didn't hear that. He didn't even hear the compliments. He just hears when I'm wrong. <laughs> just Okay, you two. Y'all ready? I'm going to repeat what God told him when I was praying for him. And part I know, part God, part God showed me. What well, part I know is that he has a great heart. Because I've talked to your pastor and I've seen it. And, um, and I'm going to repeat what I, he, he heard it already, but I want you to hear it. And I want the church to hear it. God has raised a warrior. But because we serve an upside down kingdom. It's not a word that scares people away. Because he's mighty. He scares people away because. He, he scares demons away. Because he's humble. See how the world. That's the, how the world works. Like when the world is like. You're mighty. So I'll scare you. That's how he was. He's not like that anymore. His heart. His humble heart. Is going to scare demons away. I literally see him walking in places. And demons go, walking away. So God's been raising a warrior in his life. And also, as I pray for him, God showed me in his hands, healing hands. So I see God using him a lot of healing. 
You know, it's, a, it's for everybody. It's a gift that is for everybody. It's not like a secret, right? But for some reason, God wants to bring that up for you. That he has healing hands. And you have seen that with your kids. Whenever they're, whenever they're, you know, they're hurting or they have something, he just goes, heal in the name of Jesus, it's gone. They can't explain it because they're so small, but you've seen it. Well, I, when I say small, not literally. They're big. Um, I think, my brother, that, um, I know, I don't think, I know. I, I, I said that before back there. God's going to put you in tables that you don't think you, you, you belong. God's going to seat you in tables of kings and queens. You're going to be like, what am I doing here? You God says, your hand, your heart. I want to teach them that. I want to teach them that. So, when you are sitting in those tables, don't look at them. Look at God first, and then look at them. Right? There's a reason you're there. Um, I see an anointing in, 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 in you, like in, in you know, a couple. And I'm going to teach you, I'm going to tell you the vision I have, and then I'm going to explain it to you. And if the pastor wants to jump in, he can. I see you two building tents, like huge tents. You know, those circus tents, but like huge. And you both are putting those stacks on the floor and stretching the tent. And, and you're preparing that place for people to come and to meet the Lord. What, what I, my, my explanation from that is, I think those tents are their hearts. When you, when, when you, when you minister to somebody, you know, that's that verse, that, that scripture that says, one saws, one, you know, one reaps, and all that. And God gives the growing. But, not but, but that's what it is. But now what I want to explain to you is this. When you reach a family, when you reach a friend, when you reach a friend, you are stretching their hearts, making space for God to go through. So don't think that by sitting at the table with a friend, having coffee with a friend, Maybe visiting a tattoo shop with a friend. How a lot of those. A lot of those. That I don't know what to do with them. And God says, just go visit them. Yeah, they talk the wrong way. Yeah, they go to the wrong places. But God's always with them. Jesus will always be sitting at the table with them. Even when they don't notice. And when you too walk in, you witness of that love. Understand this. When, 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 when those people that they don't know Jesus, and this is for everybody, pay attention to this. When you love somebody according to 1 Corinthians 13, even when they don't know Jesus, whenever they meet Jesus in their life, they're going to remember that love that you love them. And then you're going to be the witness that Jesus is real. Isn't that crazy? God's going to use your love to witness to them. Yes, that was me. It's me right here. See, you can see. That's how they know it's Jesus. So that's for you. Stretch those hearts. Don't worry about filling them up. Stretch those hearts. Be there for them. Make them uncomfortable with your love, with your service, with your hand. Sorry, your name? Diane. 
there's a promise in your life. I, I can't actually say if it's a promise, or if it's a prayer with you, or if it's both. That you're going to reach your whole family. I see you being the Stephen of, of your whole family. I see a redemption that, you, that you've seen in other people's lives that you wanted for your family. When I say family, not this, I mean your, your, your relatives. I'm going to say like that. Family is them, right? I'm going to, for your relatives. And then, and then I see, you know, I don't know if your mom and dad are alive, are they? I see mom and dad, I see cousins, I see brothers, sisters, whatever, like everybody. They're going to look at your family and your life and they're going to say, I want that for me. And you'll be like, I just, I, I just, quote, have Jesus. So I want you to walk on that promise. And th- but just don't be, don't be anxious, right? Just let that come through, through your testimony. <sighs> hmm. Brother, well, this is for you too, but it comes through your life. God's going to expose you a little bit here, but it's for a good, for a good cause. I, I feel like God is proud of you in this sense. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You tell God in your secret place, I'm ready for more. Like Almost like Rachel. I'm ready for more. I'm okay, God. I don't want to sound like I'm, like I'm trying to be more than I want to be, but secretly, I'm ready for more. You feel like you've built for big things in the kingdom of God. And I want to confirm it to you. You are built for big things. God's going to use it very powerfully, you and your wife. Just the treasure. The treasure. Remember that? The treasure. Just be obedient on the weight. Be obedient. Separate yourself. Serve. Trust. Keep your hope in Him. Okay? That's the word that I have for you too. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be in your church. I feel like you you two are the pastors in your church. The way you love these people. I'm saying it in, in, in a good heart. You love this place. I can see it through my spirit. You love this place. You love these people. You're just happy to be here among them. Sometimes you don't know how to say it. God is saying it through you. Through me. You love these people in a way that not even your pastors can understand. That's the word I have for you. See my staff. <laughs> so there's a there's a this is this is I guess for everybody, but really for them, you got to move your staff. There you go. It's for everybody, but it's for the, you know, there's a funny thing that happens in Christ that we we get saved and we're ready to change completely for Jesus, but Jesus wants the real us to minister, not the us we want to become. Does that make sense? And so it's similar to the word I have for Luana in that um, we come to Christ and he redeems us and we want to become someone new. But we do it at the cost of who God created us to be and we were walking in originally. And so we, instead of allowing God to transform us, we start getting into this works thing that we become somebody we're not. And we think when I become that person, then God can whatever. And I think it's really important for you too. Um, 
to ne- to like not be something you're not because God crafted your story for a reason. And I really feel like Brandon, as you work out your relationship with God, I, this is the word I got that, that, um, so, you know, um, when, when getting surgery is a weird thing, cause you let somebody cut open your body. <laughs> Like, that's weird, right? That you would let somebody cut your body open. So it takes a lot of trust to let somebody cut your body open. And so this making a tent of friendship that he talked about, um, there's this place of love and trust that you let somebody speak something that touches somebody deeply. But he can only do that if you two are you. So as you two being you, because you're just real, right? And there's a, there's, a, there's a desire to not be real. I want to be the best version of me, but I want to be the real version of me. I don't want to be somebody else. And as you are you, I believe, like, increasingly, and I think you will see this, Diane, in a way that will surprise you, that the Lord, is, the Lord uses your husband in words of wisdom in ways that is baffling. Because he speaks wisdom that you're like, I know Brandon didn't come up with that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I got a couple of master's degrees. I hope I have something wise to say now and then, you know? Not to put down Brandon's education at all, but Brandon just in his street wisdom, how the Lord brought him through a street education. There is a discernment that is on him that he can speak wisdom into things that are foolishness. But it's only in a place of people feel safe and loved that they will allow that kind of surgery to happen. Because if they don't know that they're loved and safe, then they'll find it offensive. And so you can't try to make people listen to what you have to say to them. The more you try to make them, the less they're going to want to hear it. I want you to imagine somebody running after you with a scalpel. The more someone chases you with a knife, the less likely you're going to let them cut you. You got to lay down. You have to literally lay down and let them and immobilize you. And then you let Good. them cut you open. Good work. Mm-hmm. And so it's in that, the more you try to make somebody hear it, the less they're going to hear it. Good work. But the more you just forge relationship, oh. then Holy Spirit can really use. I want to use that right now. To, that's a good, I just came up with that. That's a good word, right? <laughs> you didn't come up with that, I, it's good. I, no, I just came up, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. He and I are one, though. <laughs> um, you're, so, you're so Christian. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, but I need you to like really, you two need to focus on being one and um, creating that tent where people feel loved and being real. And then the word of wisdom flows through that. Good. Okay, I'm going to talk to my Brazilian friend right here. Okay. What's your name again? What's your name? Rosiane. Você quer que eu fale? Posso falar inglês para eles entenderem? Devagar. Okay, she wants me to speak a little bit slower so she can... I'm just kidding. So she can understand. She speaks Portuguese. Você é brasileira? Ah, por isso o nome tão legal. What? what? Oh, pastor, come on. You don't know your people. What are we doing? Um... <laughs> uh, Oh, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Do you speak Portuguese, Luana? Not well. 
Okay. So I'm going to try, and then uh, she can translate for you. She, you're good. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Jose. No, no, I let me say this. Let me say this. I think there's important for me to speak in English because you have a mission in this country. And these people need to hear it, though. These people need to hear it. Okay, Josian. If you don't understand, we fix it later. I'll fix it later. This is more, it's for everybody here. There's a reason God is saying here. There's a reason. Um, I was looking at, at you and um, God, and, and what you have there, it's a fan and a ventilador? Okay. Okay. I, I think I have that. What is that? Like, is this, is... I might be going to menopause. I don't know. It's just so hot. Andropa. See? I might be going through that. There we go. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Rosianne, is this. You came to this country. And you're going to be a fan, Winchilador, for these people. You're going to bring freshness, refresco plays for them, to them. You're going to. God's going to show you in this country, Deus vai te mostrar nesse país, something that you do not know about yourself. Algo que você não sabe sobre você. You've always been ready to serve. Você sempre esteve pronta para servir. But sometimes you don't know how to, or you don't know when, or with who. E às vezes você não sabe como, com quem, ou onde. E... When God brought you here, I don't know how long you're here, but when God brought you here, He brought you to teach you something. And, and this is connecting to me. When God brought you here, He brought you to teach you something. This connects me with my life and the life of Luana. He brought you here to teach the importance of the table to this He brought you here to teach these people the, how important it is to sit at the table. Because when we sit at the table, and you know that, We're Brazilians, we do that a lot. When we sit at the table, everything is aligned. Hearts and minds are aligned. Quando a gente se senta na mesa, está tudo alinhado. O coração, a mente está alinhado. Physically aligned. Fisicamente alinhado. I can be 6'2", and I'm sitting here. Estou sentado aqui. E ficamos quase alinhados, tá vendo? Bem alinhado, tá vendo? Praticamente alinhado. Practically aligned. And when, when you sit at the table, hearts and minds align. Você, quando você se sente na mesa... Senta na mesa, corações e mentes são alinhadas. Então, eu quero que você entenda uma coisa. Esse povo aqui, ele é um povo que precisa de comunhão. Mas uma comunhão verdadeira. These people here in this country, they need communion. But they need real communion. They don't take, they don't take fake people here in America. They really know when you love them for real. Yes. E eu, e eu acredito que você veio para cá com isso. E eu, eu sinto Deus mostrando o seguinte. Você vai entrar numa estação que Deus vai acabar com muita religiosidade que é dentro de você. Ele, ele vai, religiosidade. 
que, que, que eu quero dizer com isso? Já te explico. God is going to bring down a lot of religiosity that's inside of us. That we don't know sometimes. God's going to change some concepts that you have. Of church, of Holy Spirit, of... of not, that, not that you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the message you carry is for these people. So he's going to show you how to share it with these people. A mensagem que você carrega para esse povo. E Deus vai te ensinar como compartilhar com esse povo. E eu quero te dizer que toda provisão que você precisa vai vir no momento certo. Não que você quer, mas que você precisa. Porque uma coisa é certa. Deus quer acabar com uma mão nessa nação. E Ele vai usar a nossa vida. Nós não... Nós estamos acostumados a viver com pouco. Eu não sei se é a tua história, mas a minha é. A gente está acostumado a viver com pouco. A gente é o país do terceiro mundo. So, what God is saying to her is... So, God's going God's to bring you to a place where... He's bringing you to a place where Mammon is trying to govern. Actually governs a lot. And, and he's going to give you what you need, not what you want. And that's going to be a witness to these people. Okay? Obrigado, Rose. Deus abençoe. God bless you. God bless you. Can you translate this for me? Just so I don't have to... Can you translate it? I'll just I say... Just translate it. Well, I'll just say English. No, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I was like, what? If you translate it, what I'm going to say, then I don't need to talk, I guess. I don't... <laughs> that would be amazing. Seria muito legal. Keep going. Okay. You know the story after Jesus was resurrected and Peter was out fishing. Você sabe a história de quando Jesus foi ressuscitado e Pedro estava pescando? And then, and, and he, they didn't catch any fish. Daí eles não pegaram nenhum peixe, lembra? And then Jesus said, "Cast your net to the other side." Daí Jesus falou, jogue a sua rede para o outro lado do barco. And they had a harvest. Para que eles tivessem uma colheita. So this Bible story came to my mind. I know your daughter, but I don't know you and your husband. Essa história veio da minha mente. Eu conheço sua filha, mas não conheço você e seu esposo. Right? So I knew that you were going to move or not move, but that's uh, Luana said something, but that's all I know. É a única coisa que eu sei se se eu se mudar ou não se mudar, é uma coisa okay. algo que a Luana mencionou, mas eu não sei. So I don't know what's going on in your home. Eu não sei o que está acontecendo na sua casa. But 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 Here's what I here's what I saw. I saw I saw that fishing story. And I felt like the Lord had a harvest for you here. And you're close to it. But you haven't seen it yet. And so you're fishing like the Lord is going to show you. I don't want this to be a word of correction. It's, it's not a word of correction. But you're fishing in the wrong water. You're fishing in waters you're, you're familiar with, but they're not the waters he's called you to fish in. Você está pescando em águas que você está acostumada, porém, não é água, não são as águas que Deus te chamou. But there is a harvest coming. Mas tem uma colheita vindo. Amém. Sim. We have multi-language going on over here. Uh, let's go over here with the with our intern. With our intern. Let's go our intern, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> with our intern. Yeah. What's the name of our intern? Our, I just, I just got it. An intern. That's Zoe. That's a very common name in Brazil right now. Everybody's Chloe or Zoe. That's it. All the babies. <laughs> Chloe, Zoe. Um... Oh, no. Oh, good. Jesus, no. <laughs> you got to help me here. You got to help me here. You, you know, 
I've learned recently that God is unpredictably, the love of God is unpredictable. That He's faithful, that he's, but He's faithful, unpredictably faithful. We don't know how He's going to be faithful. But he is faithful. We know that. And He's good. But like he's, His love is creative. And you prayed a prayer in the past. <laughs> you prayed a prayer in the past that I don't know if you really know what you pray for. But God heard it. And He said yes. You said this to God. Quote. I want to live wild for you. I want to live the unpredictability of your love. I don't want to control my life, God. I want to leave every step should be a surprise. Because I want to walk with you. I don't want to control. And this is going to sound bad. I'm not saying you don't have to control your finances. But I'm just going to say that this, you know. I don't want to control my finances. I don't want to control what I'm going to. I don't want to see farther than the next step. Because you know deep inside of you. And I'm talking to you and to me at the same time. When we see the second step, we mess it up. And you're like, God, don't show me the second step. Just show me the first one. I'll go to the first one every time. So, you're going to live, always going to live a roller coaster with God. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, but a lot of adrenaline. A lot of adrenaline going on. A lot of throwing up maybe, sometimes. You know, yeah, it can happen. But, um, you have a word, you have a word for your generation. And this is the word for your generation that you carry. You carry the word of until, until nothing else matters. I wish you could speak Portuguese. There's a book, my pastor, that he has that same title. Until nothing else matters. Yeah, well, you have to learn how to read this book. Uh, or whenever it comes in English, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, so... The message that you carry for a generation is until we look at Jesus like nothing else matters, revival is not going to come. Because, because help me here. See if this makes sense logically. I, I thought, I've think of this before. I never said it. I'm saying it for the first time. When we think about revival, and I think about somebody will be revived. So he's going to walk away from death, right? The opposite of life is death. So, if I walk away from death, I'm going to be revived. I'm dead, I'm going to be revived, right? That makes sense. What does the Bible say about sin? It's death. So, real revival starts walking away from sin. So, real revival starts with repentance. So, sometimes we're expecting party. Which I'm not against party, it's great. And, and, and revival is going to start with party. I think... Revival starts with knees down and repentance and cry. And you carry that message for your generation. I think God has a, you know the Nazarenes? I've heard of that, that, that before. Those are the people separated like Samson. He was separated from God. Yep. No long hair people. Let's put it like that. Not Mike. Not Mike. No. But uh, I think you, have, you carry that message of a Nazarene. God's going to ask you to separate yourself from some things that are all right for everybody. But God's going to invite you to say, how about is that not all right for you? Like Daniel. 
I guess Daniel is a better example than Samson. So when God is going to start asking you stuff not to do or to give away, it's not because he's, he wants you to be legalistic about it. He just wants to separate you. He does not want you to be feel special about it. No. Actually, when you separate yourself, it's because he's going to carry you as a sign for your generation. I think, I don't think, I know you don't understand the, 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 the size of the calling that God has in your life. You're going to be moving, you're going to be going all over the place with your ministry. All over the place. All over the place. So whenever you want, are you married? You're not married? You're married now. Whenever you want to get married, you got to settle a little bit. And then God's going to give you your husband and then boom, take off again. But um, you carry revival with you. You carry revival with you. That's normally what the Nazarenes do. Being separated. That's the message I have for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go right here. What's your name? Yeah, I'm looking at you. Don't, don't act like I'm not looking at you. Will you make eye contact? You'll just look back. What, what's your name? Have we talked before, Kayla? No, we haven't. Are you your friend? You're your friend? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> My jokes are so bad that people don't laugh at it. Um, how, how old are you? Sorry to ask. Oh, I'm just exposing your age. When you're young, it's fine. <laughs> when you're my age, you're like, I don't want to say it. Um, yep. Um, I see this. You're going to help people find their identity. You know, one of the one of the biggest harms that the devil can do it's to convince you that you are something that you are not. It's to convince you that you are something different than God told you that you are. And don't get me wrong, that doesn't help that doesn't happen just with non Christians. It happens with Christians too. We believe unfaithfully. And then there's no repentance if we do that. Because we think we're believing right. So you're going to help these people find their identity. I think, I don't know if this is connected to your job in the future or ju just to your ministry or both ministry and job or both is mixed up, which I'm not going to be surprised. You're going to be like, people are going to sit beside you, in front of you, and they're going to just share their life. They're going to share their, you don't even know why this is happening. You're like, I don't even ask you. I mean, I just, I just say, hello, how are you doing? And people just start talking talking, talking, and yeah, I'm going to do this, and then my mom, and then my sister, and then my brother, and then I'm struggling with this, and I'm struggling with that. Yeah, and I, I want, you have that anointing. And you're going to help people find their identity. A lot. A lot. That's a, that's, a, that's a call that you have in your life. That's an ability you have in your life. Also, um, I see you walking in the next season of your life. I'm getting lost in my thoughts here. First thing, I see you that you are very, I'm going to use a word maybe not, not correct, things, brainy person. You, like, you like to understand things. You like to explain me. If you explain me, I'll understand. Don't tell me it's weird. Just explain me. So you like to understand things. You're not obsessed about it, but you enjoy understanding things. 
you're not okay with walking away. Like, if you see something, you're like, oh, I want to know what that is made of. And you just go research it. That's, that's normal in your generation. But you have, a, you have that curiosity that comes from God. But the next season in your life, God's going to show you the supernat- even more the supernatural world. You're going to see things in the, spirit, in the spirit that you've never seen. That God's going to allow you to. And there's a reason for that. Your leaders are going to teach you. Your pastor, your, your, your parents are going to teach you why God is doing that. But God's going to show you things in the spiritual world that it's important for you to know. Maybe to pray, maybe to act, maybe to, to help. But the, the discernment of spirits, which is one of the gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 13, is going to be real in your life. You just have to want it. Yeah, just want it. And, and like I said in the beginning, the world wants to tell you that that's weird. That's not. That's not weird. That's just God showing you the reality. Don't be afraid of it. Don't, be, don't, don't, don't think you have to share it with everybody. People are going to get confused. Just see it. Share it with the people that you trust. And then you go from there. You're going to grow on that. But I see you walking in places. And you will see the spiritual world clearly, 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 clearly. Like I see your angel right now behind you. And, and when, I look at your, when I look at your angel, it's, it's just always ready for battle. To protect you. Because there's, uh, there's a lot in your life that the spiritual world wants to get a hold of. But a lot of prayer is going to you. And God has put you people around you that can intercede for you. And, and well, I, this angel is just impressive. He's just ready to go to war every time for you. So you know that God is surrounding you in, in various ways to protect you. And talking about weirdness, you're going to start seeing these things. It's not, it's going to be fine. But if you already started doing, you know what I'm talking about. And the last thing is, um, You're going to have a lot of disciples. You're going to be very, what's the word? Um, when you have a lot of kids, very fertile in the, spirit, in the spiritual world. You're going to have a lot of disciples. People like to, to, to follow you. They're like, the, they're like Jesus they see in you. A lot of people are going to go through your life. You're going to teach them. And then they're going to pass on. You're going to teach them. You're going to show them Jesus. You're going to help them. You're going to pass them on. You're going to be very, you're going to be well known for that gift in the future. We will see your names in the news. We will see your names in papers. We will see your name in in the internet in a good way. There's a generation waiting for you. Okay, that's my word. I have for you. I got something on that. I'm going to use your staff. It's your staff. It's your staff. Um, so have you seen your angel? No. Okay. I, did you, did you see it or you just, yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, and it's beautiful and it attracts, it's strong and beautiful and extremely attractive. Um, and, um, I'm not into angelology. Um, it's not something I specialize in. I don't particularly care. Um, but the, but it symbolizes the anointing that's on your life. And here's what's really important how you need to pray. Um, you can do whatever you want with that anointing. 
And at some point, if you don't stay connected to God, you'll think it's you. And the call is that he gave, that he just called out, was that you're going to attract people to you and they'll want to follow you. And you have to make a decision young whether you're going to use that for you or you're going to use that for God. Because there's a lot of people who flow in that and they think it's them and they become successful in the world. They never come into what God called them to. And very often, since they've used the gift of God for their own personal resources, they have miserable lives. But it's not till much later. Like, they get high, but then they crash terribly. And so you have to make a decision with God. Like, my suggestion, and I believe God gives you a certain level of autonomy, you get to choose. Like, you can just live your life good, just have a good life. But if you want to walk in this thing that God has for you, you're going to have to make a deal with God that you're going to actually serve him. Because this, this thing is on your life, and you can use it for God's glory or your destruction. You can go get glory and then destruction. And so um, there's a confidence that there is this angelic host and this call and this protection and this overshadowing. But at the same point, it will give you a favor that you may not be ready for yet for the next 20 years. And you're going to have to walk humbly and recognize this isn't about me. Does that make sense? Okay. It's, that was strong, but I've seen people mess this up. Yes. I've seen a lot of people mess this up. And, like, they start to soar with God, and then they just are soaring on themselves. And when planes, so like airplanes, like it's, it's, it's insane if you look at the physics of how a massive heavy plane flies. I love it. I love it's, it. It's insane how a plane can fly. <laughs> but the only reason these planes fly is because they have massive engines. And if they're not going at a certain speed, the plane begins to stall. And it just falls out of the sky is what a stall is. It just, and so the spirit of God is the thing that is going to make you soar. But as soon as he is not the thing that is propelling you, you will fall out of the sky. And I have seen so many people with amazing calls fall out of the sky. And it's tragic. And I don't want to see it happen. Does that make sense? Yes. Your wife right. here? Is your wife here? Uh, no. You're married? You are, right? <laughs> I make assumptions wrong sometimes. Uh, okay. You might. I'm going to be a word right there. Huh? Hey, we're, we're, we're open space for God. He might. Hey. All right. <laughs> no, no. See you, Jonathan. See you. God bless. Um, okay. I have a word for you and your wife. I forgot your name, though. Josh. Jeez. Um, oh, I was trying to butter it up a little bit. I'm not good at burning stuff up. So I'm just going to go straight at it. I saw this huge boat. You know, the old boat, like, uh, like with, you know, this, you know, what is it called? Those, in English, I can, a vela? Sails. There you go. Thank you. Those huge sails. Multiple. And you were there, and you were just good at what you do. You and your wife just. Sail down, sail up. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of 
that's happening at the same time. I'm not that kind of, you know, I don't know nothing about like a lot about that, but I've seen it in movies and competitions. You never seen a competition? You're like, put it up, put it down, turn it, do this, the rope, the thing. It's a lot going on. But you and your wife are very good on doing that. And there's somebody, quote unquote, giving the orders. And you are good at following orders. You are good. Your wife are very good in doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done the right way. But there's a deep there's a deep thing inside of you. And that's I don't want to start with a rebuke. But you take it for what it is. There's a deep thing inside of you is is when I'm gonna be the one giving the word the orders. I, I, I know how to do it. I want to tell people how to do it. So there's two things I want to tell you about this. Start making disciples. Start making disciples. Start. If you don't teach people how to do what you do, how are you gonna, how are you gonna, you know, help, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you've closed yourself sometimes. You're so good at what you do. Just teach them, teach somebody how to do it. Throw them in the fire, like they did with you. Hey, don't do it. I don't know how to do it. We'll figure it out. And then you go explain, and then they go, no, no, no. Well, I explain you now. The, you know what I'm saying? You are very good at following. And you're going to teach people how to follow. We, we, oh man, I'm going to get so on fire right now. We are full of a generation leaders. Everybody's about leader. Leadership. Everybody knows everything about leadership. When we're going to talk about following. I've never seen a book of being, besides the ones talking about Jesus. How to be a great follower. Nobody wants to buy a book like that. I wasn't, no, I wasn't. I'm going to write a book about that. How about that? You guys, uh, this is seminary about leadership. Seminary about being a great leader. How about seminary being a great follower? I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it, it stroke a note on me that I'm, I'm really tired of. So it's not less to be a good follower. Actually, that's the thing. You and your wife are great followers and you make great followers. That's why you're going to lead. That's why you're going to lead. You're going to make disciples. You're going to teach the way, the, the way you do things. Because you have a lot of excellence in your heart. You care about things to being done the right, the right way. Or in an excellent way. You know, you're, you're very neat in the things you do. I don't even know it, but I think you're very, I feel like God is saying you're very neat in the things you do. You want things to be done. Oh, I'm going to do it the, the right way. And, and that zeal for the things of God. That's what he wants. He's not one, he doesn't want to be perfect. You'll be perfect because he knows we can't. But he knows he wants the fear of God. Eh? That expectancy that what I'm doing is the best I can. That's you. That's you. So because you are a great follower, you're going to be a great leader. And when you think you're following, you're actually leading. Because you are mimicking what Jesus was. A great follower of, of his dad in heaven. Amen. And God is really, really, I'm telling you about this, really proud of you. I can feel the happiness of God in my life, in my heart for you. He's really, really proud of you. So don't never doubt it. Don't never doubt it. That being a great follower, it's a, less, it's a lesser thing. It is not. All right? Yeah. Love you, man. Love your heart, though. Thank you. Is there something there? Yeah. I'm just... All right, let me go over here. Mike, I want to talk to you, Mike. Mike, 
And I forgot your name. So she the boss though. I know that. I know that. <laughs> She's your brother with it. Yeah, that's right. Um we we I remember now I remember the word I gave you. I remember the word I gave you. This is very rare. I don't remember words. But I remember you're the evangelist of the house. I remember that. Have a heart of evangelism. But I'm not gonna go there. Sue, I think I want to talk to you first. Sue, you oh my gosh, I can feel it. You bring freedom whenever you go. You bring freedom. Jesus, we mentioned in the morning, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, I think it is, or 13. With the Spirit of God is there's freedom. You carry that with you. You carry about the captives. You carry about the, the ones that are in bondage. God's going to use your life too to confront idolatry. Hard. Because you bring freedom. What idolatry does is the opposite. It binds you down. But you know what? A message that the church, not this church, but I think the church, it's an opinion of mine. In general, we are scared of being making people free in the church. Because people free, we can't control how much they give. People that are free, we can't control how much they come to our events. We're scared to make people free. So we make rules, numbers. We tell them, yeah, 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 but. You, you, you don't understand Christianity like that. As a matter of fact, the place you are right now, you don't even want to come at the beginning. You came and you, you, you were obedient. And then God grabbed your heart for these people. You'd be like, I don't know. I don't feel it. But you were obedient. To your, your husband and to the Holy Spirit. You're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to step in on what you got for me. And your obedience transforms your heart. And it's going to transform. And it's transforming hearts around you. I can feel the presence of God when I'm, when I'm close to you. You bring a lot of freedom too. You freed his heart. Every time he's, he's with you. He comes, comes back tired or frustrated. You're like, sell down. You're free. Remember? That doesn't make you, that doesn't bind you. Oh, Mike comes home and he says, I couldn't get that done. I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. I didn't have enough for this. Couldn't have enough for that. And you're like, how am I going to do that? And you tell him, you're free, remember? You're free to say no. You're free to say it's enough. You're free to say I can't today. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for your heart. Thank you. Um. Mike, um, he's, he's in love. He's, he's bad in love. How, how, how many years have you been married? Oh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit of time. Really? In two weeks? He's going to be 51? One week. Exactly one week. 51. Hey. Uh, Mike, um, see, you, God's showing me a, a like you, like a wall, a wall, like huge wall made of stone. And you think, you think like a great, any great wall, you think the bigger I am, the thicker I am, the stronger I get, the better I can do what I'm called to do. But you have been noticing recently in your life that God has been making you thinner. 
And you're like, God, you've been calling me for this. I know I'm here because you called me to. Why am I getting thinner? Why things, I feel like I'm getting quote unquote weaker. Or quote unquote, I don't know. I want to be stronger. And remember, we serve an upside down, king, upside down kingdom. And God wants to, for two reasons, he wants to lighten it up with you. Because he wants to get the glory for everything you do. So people are going to look at you and be like, there's no way that God can do it. He's too thin. And then, boom, it's going to happen. And then, guess what? The glory is going to go to him directly. Because we are improbable, Mike. We are the improbable. People look at us to be like, there's nothing good coming from Jerusalem. There's nothing good coming from Mario. He was just an atheist. He was just wanted to be hang around, drink, and do his, do his thing. How, how can that be, God be preaching right now? And talking in the behalf of God. We're the improbable. How can you feed the ones that... We're the improbable. People, they don't see nothing good coming from us. And that's how you want it to be. You want people to look at you. They want it to see God. They don't want it to look, see you. And that's the reason you feel like... You feel like, oh, this is getting harder. Yes, for you. Not for the God that's working through you. So, Mike, the next season of your life is going to be a, life, a season of... You're going to see a lot of breakthrough, supernaturally, but because God wants to show these people around you that He's the God that's with you. You know. You already know. You don't, you don't have to, God doesn't have to show you, but He will show them. He will say, hey, Mike, my boy. He's my friend. I got him. So whenever something happens with Mike, it's me. And um, a harvest is coming too. Ooh, I feel it right now. Ooh, like I even get lightheaded with that one. I think I think I I know a harvest is coming that you've been. I guess let's put it like this. You've given. You're not worried about the harvest. You're worried about doing what is right now. But God is going to surprise you with a harvest. Right? That's the word I have for you. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to here to her. What's your name? Natalia. Oh, you speak Portuguese too. But I can go with English, right? Yeah, yeah right. You've been laughing at my, at my joke, so either you just playing that up or you just really understand English. <laughs> Are you married, Natalia? All right, good. Um, Are you, you, what part of Brazil you are? Are you from Brazil? Okay. Costa da A gente vai para Boston, vamos em Boston. Cheio de gente de Guadalajara naquela região. Sorry, a little bit of a national connection here. Um, you're next. Okay, I just want to make sure you know. Don't leave because you're next. Um, it's not a threat, though. It looked like a threat, right? It's not. It's just I want you to know that the, <laughs> I want to talk to you so bad, so bad. But guys, gonna just holding me back. Um, Natalia, uh, get ready. You have something for her. Um, do you know? Do you know the story? Of, you remember the story of the the woman at the woman of Samaria, the well. So you remember what happened with her? You know, she was there looking for water, and then Jesus said, "You need the water that doesn't make you thirsty anymore." And she's like, "What? I really want that." She didn't even know what she was saying, and Jesus said, "Well, I am that water." And um, you know what happened with her? She went. God sent her to, to her, 
destination, back to her to her to her destination, and um, she preached the gospel to the whole those whole cities. Okay, what God is telling me to do is: you came for one reason, you found the right reason. You came for one reason. You stayed for selfish reason. God showed you the real reason. And now you are in fire for, for Jesus. Now you're going to go back. When I say go back, it's to yours. It can be here, it can be Brazil, it can be anywhere. You're going to go back to yours. And you're going to be, he's going to be, he's going to use you as a trumpet. That's how I see it. You're a trumpet of God. He's going to blow you. Make a lot of sound. A lot of noise. So that that's the word of knowledge portion of today's ministry. What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. Is there is there a, a gotta be a, like it's a prayer prayer ministry in the house? Like a prayer. We pray. So <laughs> we pray. Well, let's pray like this. If there was an intercessory team, some churches has like old school churches. She will be on it. Because she, because she would have to show up on time to do it. To okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. Well, you know, that's between you and your pastor. So I want you to understand that God gave you that heart of em- 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 empathy. That you, could, that you will feel what they're feeling and you can pray. So you can get in that gap between them and God and intercede for them like Moses did. Like Jesus did, like Mary did. So, um, you you have been feeling very comfortable re- recently in your calling. You feel comfortable. You're like at the beginning, you were like, ah, I don't know, it's getting very weird. And then they just let her be. She's just a child. It's fine. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Okay, it's fine. Uh, in the beginning, you were like, I don't know about this guy. I don't know. But now you, you understood. Not now, but you understood. And now you're comfortable with your calling. Now God's going to show you where your calling is going to take you. And it's going to scare you. Don't let that paralyze you. What, if you're scared, just keep going. Even you're scared, just keep going. There's no you know, hope. Remember? Hope, trust, serve, sanctification. So I want you to trust this next season. Because God's going to show you where He's going to take you. And um, you have the heart for the house. And you are. If you'll be in, in those uh, eastern cities, you'll be at the, at, the, at, the, at the door. At the city gate. Where all these people are, you know, welcoming. And showing. You, are, you have the face of this house. Right? That's the word I have for you. So... Um, this may be a pastoral interpretation, so it's between you and God what he said. Uh, so today at the altar ministry, we talked about God giving the, what you call it? The standing stone. Standing stone yeah. um, and so that we look back and we don't see the trauma. We see the standing stone. And I felt like God did something special in you. And this had to, this was preparing you for something though. Um, for many people, the standing stone is a wall between them and the trauma. Um, 
Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We Thank love you. Jesus. We give you honor and glory. Amen. That's the. It's nine. It's time for nine o'clock prayer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, we weird. I told you we weird. Um. Uh, other people are called to go beyond the trauma and rescue those who are still over there. But the fear of the trauma being alive keeps people from rescuing people in the trauma because we have to avoid the trauma because we're still wounded. And some people are called to go to the Middle East, scary places. And some people are called to go to their past, scary places. And instead of um, being able to rescue people from what God is rescuing them from, they haven't been healed enough to journey into that land. Um, you know, if we're going to become missionaries, they say to become a missionary, you have to learn the language and understand the culture. And it's true if I'm going to go to Brazil, you know, if I go to Brazil or Mexico to plant a church and I don't learn Mexico and Brazil, I'm a colonizer, right? I'm not helping them. I'm a colonizer. Um, and people who know Brazil and know the culture, know the language, can plant a a, a prosperous Brazilian church. Now, those who've been, who've come out of a trauma really understand the language and culture of the traumatized. And they can really make a place for Christ in those areas for others. Um, but if you have been abused in Brazil, the idea of going back to Brazil is nothing you would ever, and I'm just using Brazil as a metaphor. You would never go back there to help Brazilians, even though you have the, the key because of the unhealed trauma. But I feel the scary places that the Lord is healing you of is where you're called to. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Um, that makes sense, Mario? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's all um, I needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have pastors here. We have your parents here. It's a lot. A lot to process. But um, okay. It's 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 like this. There's always it's there's always a way of getting there. Actually, there's also multiple ways that God will put you before you to get to places and to do things. And I feel like you are the kind of, this is a word of knowledge. I feel like you're the kind of person that this is the way. And I feel like, for some reason, this is the easy way, easiest way. And then there's this way, which is not very easy, but it's very fun. And you're going to see a lot of places, a lot of people. It's going to take a lot, a little bit more effort, but it's more more entertaining in a sense. Not what you, what we understand entertaining, but it's more, you know, it's not just walking. It's just doing it, you know. It's two ways. You are always have a tendency to go that way. You want to go, and people that don't know you will, will think, you want to do it the hard way. No, 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 no. You just enjoy being challenged by God. You just enjoy that people look at you and say, and, and this, don't get this wrong, is you just enjoy people look at you and say, I, why? Just do it the easy way. And, God, and you are like, God is with me. The easy, the not easy, is with me. He have trusted me in ministry. He have trusted me in gifts. He have trusted me in abilities. And he's not going to let me down. 
that doesn't make you, I'm not telling you to choose the hard way all the time. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you that God, you know, you, you've, you've been raised in, in, a, in, in a family that have been trusting God for the supernatural and the natural. So you'll be like, okay, God, I don't want, I'm, if you're with me, let's go the, the, the entertaining way. And the next season in your life, you're very young. I mean, it doesn't make sense to Mario. But I feel it very strong in my spirit. So I will let you hear this and interpret it. Is the next season in your life is going to be a season of appreciate the way. Appreciate the way. You know, there's, there's ways that you can drive that you don't appreciate. They're just fast. You just go, get there. There's ways you drive that is not about actually about getting there. It's about the way. So the next season of your life is like, I want you to stop a little bit. I don't want you to enjoy the scene. Because you're going through your life in a very fast pace, which is not mean at your age, that's what it is. You're very, very fast paced. And it's good. God, God is not mad about that. He just wants you to slow down because he wants you to enjoy more. You have been doing and not allowed yourself to enjoy. But God enjoys when you enjoy. God rejoices and you rejoice. So don't make, yourself, you make your, your life harder. It's okay that you like challenges. God loves you for that. Good. Great. But don't make yourself harder and enjoy the way. If you learn early how to enjoy the way, you're going to be a good, a, a better adult, a, a better older person to learn how to rest. Because I'm not going to go into resting thing. It's just a lot. Um, also, and, and, and this I know you serve, and I'm going to go from what I know, that you serve another church. Um, in no another church, another community. Not the wrong. Don't say that. Don't. It's your dad. You call, you serve another community. There you go. Put it like that. The wrong community. So ah, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and what what you doing there? Well, I think uh, God is telling me this. What you doing there? You are. You know what the word provoking is? Am I using it right? You're provoking their faith. You are a challenge between them. Because they don't know. They can't figure you out. They're like, what? What is this girl about? And then you are fulfilling a promise in your, in your, in your dad's life, in your mom's life. They don't realize it. But you're fulfilling a promise. You're challenging a weak faith. People of weak faith, they can't be around you. But but you know what? You know the difference between the goats and the sheep? It's the way the sheep treat the goats. Dr. Green, bam, he says it right there. When you see people with weak faith, you don't feel you don't feel bad. You don't feel disgusted. You actually feel pulled towards them. And I'm not saying everybody you are around there in that church is in weak faith. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're challenging their faith. You're challenging the way they see God. And you you are like this. Um, oh, what analogy I'm going to use okay I remember my mom back back in the day when you buy beans in my country you have to sort them out because there's rocks on it because 
they want to sell rocks. You know what I'm saying? They, you, like, you got a pound of beans, you got like half pound of rocks. That's not that bad, but you know, it's a little bit. Enough for them to make money. So my mom will lay those beans on the table and will make me sort. Sometimes I will just eat rocks. My mom will be so mad at me. So you are that quote-unquote rock. Like all the beans are there, and you are that rock that makes them uncomfortable. But what they see, because in a good way, right? In a good way. Some, some people not in a good way, but most likely in a good way. But what they see is they see a call in your life. And when they see a call in your life, they can say nothing. And look at this. Because you've chosen to be like this, you're going to be like Daniel. I want you to understand this. God does not preserve Daniel from the fire. He preserved Daniel from the power of the fire. He was inside the furnace. But the fire burned the right thing. So, you, God's not going to preserve you or me from the fire. He's going to preserve us from the power of the fire. So, because you've separated yourself, you're not negotiating. In prophetically, I'm going to tell you, don't negotiate. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna work into the furnace, furnaces, and God is going to go through for you. And the, the greatest thing about this is there's going to be people with you in that fire. And you're going to grab them out. Because God is with you and with them because he's with you. And the last thing I want to say. Um, I don't know if God been speaking to you about this. This might be way in the future. I don't know. I think you're going to write a lot. You're going to be a very. Uh, like a lot of a lot of books. I see you writing a lot of things that God has been telling you. You apply the things that God told tell you. You, you, you just you just write. I see you writing. And I see like piles of books that you're going to write. And uh, don't worry about being famous about those books. God's going to make whatever he wants with those books. You might get famous. Nah, nah, I know you don't care about that. But you're going to write a lot. And that might be a new thing. I don't know. But I, 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 I see a lot of books being written. And um, and uh, and there's a ministry that God wants. I don't know. If, I remember if I talk, told you this. There's a ministry with these girls, with these with these women, that has been um, have been um, abused. And um, and God's gonna God's gonna put you among them. He, they're gonna come to you. They're gonna start popping up. You'll see. These friends are gonna come up with you, and you'll be like, "Why are you becoming my friend?" Just pray and just wait. There's something there that God that they want the God want to expose to you so you can help them. There's there's something about the love of God that you understand that's gonna help them. Okay? That's my word. I'm gonna add something. Oh, that's at, easy. At the fear that my daughter like this is like the only opportunity I have to prophesy. <laughs> yes, receive it from the prophet. I'll judge it with you. I'll judge you. You can judge it. I'm right here. So the Lord you. gave me two visions. Now, here here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. I don't play chess at all, and you know I'm I'm strange. What's that? I did watch Queen's Gambit. Um, I, I don't play chess, but I study chess players. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Um, and what they've recently, what they, what? Double staff. That's what it is. The double portion. 
So here, but here's a vision that God gave me. What they found out about um, like the grandmaster chess players, they're not necessarily more brilliant than other people. They're not more brilliant. They've just seen more chess games. And so chess players, they become masters and grandmasters. Um, they read books of chess matches that have already happened. And so they remember strategies that were developed by people. They've memorized more boards and how to get out of more problems than other people. And the, so they study chess. And again, I don't play chess at all, but I know this. And um, and so the way the Lord has crafted your brain is that you memorize snapshots of things. And the more things you memorize snapshots of make you more wise in situations. And, and so part of the wisdom that you'll operate in is um, that Holy Spirit wisdom. But part of it is because the Lord has gifted you in applying things that you've seen to other circumstances. Because you can see the patterns and you can apply them to circumstances that aren't necessarily the same thing. So the game came to this spot differently than before, but I've seen this spot and I know how to get out of this spot. And so um, because of that, and I'm going to try to talk in code that I think you'll understand. Because of your ability to memorize pages and snapshots of things, um, the Lord will give you vision of where something is supposed to wind up, and you will reverse engineer how to get it there. And as you disciple people, they won't understand what you're setting them up for as you are moving the pieces on the board. But there comes a point in the interaction that they have to make that move they didn't want to make to get to that thing they want to get to, not recognizing they've exhausted every other avenue of escape. And now what they want is so enticing, they have to take that step. And so the way the Lord will, um, is that I see the Lord using you um, uh, is the ability to um, plan out and strategize that. The temptation and the warning I have for you is that you have the ability to strategize things and you would lean in your own mind to try to figure things out. So the huge, the huge warning and temptation is to strategize and figure things out that God is not explaining to you, which does not lead to peace. It leads to anxiety, in my life at least. When you try to figure out things God is not explaining, that leads to madness. And so there is this great ability to understand things, and at the same point, there's things you don't understand, and God is not explaining. And you can try to figure them out, and you'll either come up with manipulation, or you'll come up with madness. And so you have to learn that I can memorize and map out and strategize, but in this situation, God is not explaining. That's a word for me as well. Like I am hearing myself giving you the word that the Lord is giving me. And I think our brain is flawed in, in similar ways. Uh, um, does, does that make sense, though, what I'm saying? That's, that's it. That's what I got right there. I, wanted, I, want, I want you to stop a little bit here and look at this moment.
It just hit me right now. He's a father. He's a prophet. He's a pastor. And God is using him in those roles. The love of God is so, is so great that he's your father. He's using me as a prophet and him as a pastor. And somebody else as your, as your dad. Did you see the careful that he has when he speaks with the daughter? Because he knows her. Because he knows her, he doesn't judge her. He tries to be careful when he speaks. That's who God is. That's how we prophesy. Carefully. Because no, the love of God is going through that. Carefully. And I'm going to have a last word for you. And the prophetic acts are not over. So I have one more. So I want you to come to the front, please. Come here. Come here to the front. Let me. Can you move our, our treasure, please, uh, Pastor? Yeah, I want you to turn that way, please. Turn that way. Yeah, right here. Yep, there we go. Right beside me. I want to, is your husband here? Can you call him? Mike, will you come here, please? You, you, can you do me a favor? You too. Can you sit on the last, on the last row, please? Come here. Yes. I want you to just put a hand on him. Get in the bag whenever you want. Just put a hand on him. Come here. Please. You can tell a guy that be come here. No, you can't. You gotta say please. You may get in trouble. I want you to lay in. Just put a hand on him. God told me to tell you this. Look at me. This is home because they are here. Not because they are here. This is home because they are here for you. Not because they are here for you. I'm going to say it again. This is home. Because those are your brothers, not because those are your parents. God wants you to rely on that. That community loves you the way God loves you. This community cares about you, not because they care about them, because they care about you. You can rely on those brothers right here. You can talk to them. I know you do. But what God wants to tell you is, this is home. And He wants you to walk, when you walk home, when you walk home, you walk like this. You don't walk like this. That's a soldier. When I walk home, I walk like this. My wife will say, hey, I got home. Get my face off. Hey. And get my comfortable clothes on, right? This is home. This is home. You're not the son of the pastor. You are home. This is your brothers. I want to pray for you. And I want them to pray for you too. Lord, thank you. Because you've put him among us. You give him a calling. You give him a heart. I call out this identity. Of the church in him. You are not crafted in a, in a, in a way that uh, 
You're cloned. You're unique. You're unique for If you don't do it, God's going to do it different. God's going to be different. So I pray right now, as a church, that you will feel home. I use my brother's hands and hearts to say, you are home. My son, I love you for who you are. I don't love you because you are the son or daughter of who, whatever you are, son or daughter. I love you because of who you are. And I've trusted your life to them. But you're still mine. And first of all, mine. And they know that. I see God walking with you in different types of ministry. God's going to teach you how to be a teacher, how to be a prophet, how to be a pastor, how to be an evangelist. Because there's an apostolic anointing in your life. And for you to touch those lives, you need to, you need to be in their feet. I pray freedom over you. The Bible says that we can call the angels to protect us and to serve us. So I'm calling right now, as a church, the angels to be around you and protect you. But not, not just protect you physically. I pray protection over your mind right now in the name of Jesus. I pray protection over your mind. Because you were in a place that a lot of, a lot of uh, mind game is being played by the devil. But you know, God doesn't play that game. Jesus doesn't play that game. He came and turned off the tables with that game. And he said, I'm here. There's no games with me. So you are there, listen, to make people free. You are there like Paul. Those cells are going to be open. You're not going to run away because you carry about that soldier that was taking you captive. Don't play the mind games of the devil. The devil. I pray protection over you. I pray a fresh anointing over your life and a fresh fire of your life. Fresh fire of your life. And I want you, says the Lord, I want you to look at mom and dad. As the ones that I've trusted you to take care of. And they have been doing a great job. But you're still mine. And this is home for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. Thank you for your life. Thank you. This is very weird. But I'd, give him a hug. Give him a hug. Everybody give him a hug. This is what it is. This is what it is. I take it back. It's not my last word. I want to talk to you. You ready? You can come back. Oh, you're on all the way on the back. Will you please come to the front? No, not the pastor. They can stay there. You too. Get, get your place here in the front. No, you too. Come on, you too. Come here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I know you know the scriptures. When you come to a party, sit on the back and wait for somebody to invite you to come to the front. Oh, yeah. No, we, she's fine. What's your name again? What's her name? Is this your daughter? Natalie. Natalie. How old are you, Natalie? 22. Okay, Natalie. I like when we're preaching, you're clapping. I know that you know you I know you feel the Holy Spirit right there. Because your timing of your clapping is just perfect. I know the pastor will say something, you just clap. You're like, everybody's nobody understands it, but you do. So, Natalie, I want to have a word for you. That mom is going to help you understand even better. 
you have an understanding of who God is that is different than everybody in this house. It's not wrong. It's just different. And you are here for a reason. You're going to help them see God through your lenses. You're going to help them see God the way you see God. Because, you know, God is not a God of, um, like I said, he's not a predictable God. His love is just surprising. And Natalie, I see an anointing over you that as you walk into this room, every time you walk into this room, there's this, there's this warrior walking. God sees a warrior in you. And, and you know, the, kind of the same word that I give to the brother here. You are a warrior, not because, not because you look strong, but because you're humble. And you're not afraid. You're not a people of, you're not a person of fear. God has a great calling in your life. The way you see Jesus, the way, you know, when you were, I know, maybe God, God's maybe saying stuff that mom don't even know. But I'm gonna go with him. When you're when you're at your bed and you're looking up and you see and you see literally physically see the Holy Spirit, you're not making that up. That's him right there with you. It doesn't matter if other people don't see it. Just don't feel bad that they don't. Feel good that you do. Right? Because there's some minds that's they're so close they don't allow some manifestations of God. There's certain manifestations of God. They are just for certain minds that are free. And you have a free mind. We, 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 that, uh, we that try to call ourselves that our minds are normal, we're actually closed to the supernatural. Don't ever, don't ever allow anybody to say that you have an open, too open-minded. Your mind is like that because God wants to show a revelation of him that he's not going to show to anybody else. So be that revelation of God in this house and to the people around you. Okay? Okay? You received that word? There we go. Then we're going to talk to mom. What's your name? Mary Jane. You're, okay, you're going to tell, you're going to, just, hey, just making sure, making sure. I am too, so we good. We good. <laughs> oh, okay. You married too? Right, good. You married too, Mike? You are in love, Mike. I know you are. I know you are. I see that those hearts coming out of you. Mary Jane, um, what's the name of your husband? He's not here, right? Okay. So Mary Jane, um, this is for you and your husband. Um, um I see you, you, you two. I see you in you two walking in a uh, big uh, forest. And this, during your life, you've been walking in different forests, different type of wood, small woods, small, small um, trees, bigger trees. And you and your, you and your husband, you're doing a great job. You'd be like, "We're gonna tear this up. We're gonna get this wood. We're gonna make it work." <laughs> and and. You, you and him, you together, you're like a bomb in the, in, the, in the hands of God. You just make things happen. Because those kind of missions, God doesn't give it to anybody. That mission, her mission, God doesn't give it to anybody. 
that give it to the ones that are really that really you know are willing to have the heart to do it and i can tell it i don't have to be afraid i can tell it. You, you you both have that heart so you and him are about to walk in this in this uh forest but uh, you know what uh, maybe the name is sequoia there's a name oh, i got it right the huge tree that the size of this i'm not exaggerating it's just it takes 10 people to like it's just huge and they're huge and you're looking at this, and you're like, well, I think God really underestimated us here. <laughs> I don't think we can do this. And you you and him have been walking for the last five years among these trees. You'll be like, wow, we're going to tear this down. We haven't seen these trees this big. And trees in scriptures and trees in the Bible talks about humanity. It talks about people. And God has been trusting you you and him through in your life with with Certain kind of people. But the ones that are trusting you in the next season, they look harder. It's just a shell though. It's just a shell. You know. Well, you, you know right now. If you don't know it right now, you too will know right now that it's just a shell. Don't be scared. You're the kind of woman that will... Re- <laughs> You're the kind of woman that like the weirdos. You like the weirdos. You like the weirdos. Like all the weirdos will talk to you. They will. I don't know why. They just talk to you. If there's like those weirdos that walk, the, nor- the, the quote unquote normals, they're not your people. They're like, ah, they're too normal for me. But the weirdos, the, you know, the weirdo dressing, weirdo talking, weirdo, the, the introverts, and they're like, they're, they're your people. They come to you because they know they're going to find the love of God in your life. I'm not going to be surprised if Christopher is a kind of weirdo. That's why he married you. Right? Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. Um, yeah. Oh, it's recorded. Uh. So, there's a lot of that coming in, in the next season. And uh, I want you to know that uh, don't rely in your hand. Know that it's God. But know that He is relying in your hand. So, you rely on Him, He relies on you. And it's good. Don't bypass it. Okay? There's, a, there's, a, there's a different harvest coming. Different harvest. I see three generations being touched by your ministry. Not just one, but three generations. Yours, one up, one down. Sorry, sorry. Yours, two down. So if you ever have like a young ministry, like a young adult ministry, you just come. You and Christopher to show up and just be great. How about that? They'll be like, what are you doing here? You're a young adult? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an adult. <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. And you have a lot in how to say to that generation too. Right? Don't just stay at home. There's a lot of ministry inside of you too. Still to go. Okay. What is your name, sister? Is your, is your husband here? Are you married? So, no, okay. See, I make assumptions. Uh, just, my wife is like, why do you say that? Courtney? I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Luana be like, oh my gosh. I don't know him. Courtney? Courtney. Um, Courtney. 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 That is, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're judging me. Judging me because my. See, I don't know about that. This church, man, judging people that speak different. 
Courtney. I'm just tired, Courtney. We just judge people who speak wrong. <laughs> Courtney, um, Psalm 23 says, between other things, that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil. Because your staff and your rod is with me. And then I think it's one verse before, after that, or right after that. I can't remember. I should. says that uh, he sits down. He sits us down at the table with our enemies. And the reason he does that is because he wants to, to serve them. Right? I, I get that wrong from the beginning, to be honest. I realized that very recent. I thought I was going to be the table with our enemies. <laughs> you know? That, I was like, that's, my, that's me. I'm like, oh, I'll be the table with my enemies. I'll be like, hey, hey, I'm at the table. Right? It's like, Jesus is like, no, Mario. That's not why I do it. No, I, I learned it from somebody wiser than me. And, <laughs> and I'm like, he's, and I, I was so frustrated with myself. I'd be like, how oh, I never seen that. I don't know Jesus. I literally don't know Jesus. So I'm thinking, but, well, now I think I got it right. Um, but why I'm sharing this with you is, You've gone through those two seasons. It was two or three years of going through the valley of shadow of death. And you've trusted the wrong people through the valley. Because you thought God was with them. When God was actually calling you to say, I want to be with you. I don't want to be with you through them. I want to be personally with you. And at the end of the day, he was with you. But then you went to the next season. You were the chance to be at the table with those enemies. And at the beginning, because God is showing me your heart. You have a heart of, uh, you don't hold grudges. You forgive easy. And that's a gift. That's a gift. Don't allow ever your heart to be bitter. Forgive easy. That's it. Okay. And then you went to the next season, which is being at the table of the enemy. And then you didn't know what to do. And then you literally saw God lie, laying your quote-unquote enemy in front of you and say, do whatever you want to do. And you walked away. Because you were not ready. Neither to do something or not do something. You just, you just run the way. See, she's clapping. She knows. And now the next season. I think this next season of your life is going to be a season of um, letting go the things you think you did wrong. Maybe you did wrong. Because you're very easy in forgiving others, but you're hard to forgive yourself. I want to minister to you that. You need to forgive yourself. We're very hard on ourselves. Very hard. We're very, I, I mean, I can talk to my... I'm, I connect to that. We're very hard on ourselves. We're very easy with others. But we are worst judge. And that is, in my life, is because of, um, I'm not humble enough. I want to be better than everybody. And then I don't forgive myself when I'm not. So, there's a season of you forgiving yourself. And an alliance that is broken in your heart, which is just one God that can, can remake it, 
You know what I'm saying? You felt like the alliance with you and God was broken. And you kind of felt like, oh God, I, um, I did you wrong. No, that's not how God felt. It's not a love of God. Again, that's you talking about yourself. So this is the season of you forgiving yourself and walking in freedom. Walking in freedom. Because that, that's your girl. That girl. That girl, that's your girl, right? That girl, she need a mom that is free. She need a mom that is free. So she will be free. That you don't carry that burden anymore. We are not. We are not. Um, hostages of our, of, our, of, our, of our mistakes sometimes. We're not. We're free. But you're putting a, you're putting a yoke in you that's not from Jesus. Don't do that. Also, on to a last hard note. Woo! How's uh, Jesus? Um, I think, um, I see this. I see, I see you touching people. And whenever, whenever you touch them, there's, there's healing coming out of you, but there's also healing coming in you. I think you rejoice in being around people that imparts healing but receives healing. And in the last years, I'm going to say three, maybe two, three years, you've learned that the church is a place of impartation. Receive and give. And you've been parts of churches that's just about giving. Just about you. Give, 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 give. Go home. Get tired. Go back. Give again. And God put you here for you to learn this receiving too. Receive. I give. So I see you touching people. And you are very wise. Because you can communicate with two generations. You can communicate with the generation before you. And you can, can communicate with the generation after you. You are a bridge. You have a bridge ministry. You can bridge generational in the church. I'm talking about in the church. So you have this, you have this view. How can I have somebody that is 10 years, 15 years older than you connected with somebody that's 10, 15 years younger than you? You're right in the middle. And how one generation can speak to the other. And I'll let you figure out how that's going to work here. But I see you this generational bridge in your heart. And um, <laughs> I like when God does that. There's, um, there's a promise that you've prayed even before coming here today. You say, God, I'm not going to mention it. And I'm not going to bring it up. If, if, you really, if you're really on this, you're going to tell that prophet that you are on this. And God doesn't need three chances. He needs one chance. He just needs one chance. You give him one chance, he's going to break through to that what you're asking for. You're going to see a breakthrough before the end of this year. I'm 100% convinced that you came here asking God. If you want, if that's going to happen, you better tell that guy because he's going to tell me. I'm telling you right now that you don't need to give God three chances. I give you three strikes. He doesn't need three strikes. Okay? 
as a word I have for you. The, the couple, come over here. Come, come closer. I feel like, like here, I can't talk to you like this. We'll be beside each other. Yes. Isabela. Fala português, Isabela. Então vamos falar em português bem rápido. Como é seu nome? Ah, quantos anos você tem? Desculpa, você já falou Isabela. Quantos anos você tem? 13. Ok, Isabel. Your mom here? Is your mom right there? Ok. You are the trumpet daughter. You gotta be like a little saxophone or something like that. Like a flute. Isabella, uh, Isabella, you are going to, you know, this is kind of obvious, but I have to say it. It's obvious for me because we have, you know, you born here, you born in Brazil, you born here. So it's kind of obvious for me because we're immigrants and we, we build this connection, but, but I'm, I have to say it. And if you're hearing it for the, Tense time, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go with it. You are an inheritance from what American Christianity used to be. And they have to be. You have this Latino, Latino blood in you that burns in you. But you're also American. That is a blessing. Because what, what, what can they tell you? Oh, you're from Brazil? No, I'm not. I'm from here. I'm born here and raised. So you carry that. Don't, I don't say that like in a bad way. I'm saying that God is putting in you a trust that you're going to build a, a bridge between the culture you came from, your mom came from, and the culture you're you born into. Like when, when the people of Israel, they walk into the land, you know, there's a whole new generation walking into the land, and then there's the people that's burned in that land. So they remember what was because their fathers told them what, what happened in the desert, but they don't they don't live it. Now the the promise that is their land. That's you. This is your land. God's gonna put in your heart a love for this nation that you don't understand. You will think, oh, because I'm from here, American. It's way more than that. You're gonna connect because you're you're bicultural. You're gonna connect with them in a way that Americans that like parents full American, they, they can understand. Which which is fine. So I see in you a gift of um you 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 just you're gonna be easy to bring people together. Like you are that person like I call you, hey, give me five person, we're gonna do this, you're gonna you're gonna gather them. And they're gonna follow you. People like to follow you. They just, I mean, throw a party, call her. She's just going to get everybody in line to, for the party. And everything organized. You have, that, you have that in mind. You have that, you know, that gift of bringing people together and make them do what you want them to do for their sake. That sounds like a pastor to me. So I want you to, to know that, um, you said 13 years old? So I believe in the next... Uh, Maybe five years, God's going to develop a love for the United States that goes beyond being American like you are. It's something that, like a missionary heart for this country. And you're going to build bridges because there's people in your generation that is the same story. 
they're not Brazilians. They're American, but then they culturally Brazilians. They culture American. They, and they need people to know Jesus, and that have that same story, so you can speak to them, and that's you. So you are a precise in a precise time of, in a precise like I want you to understand this. It's so precise that you've born in the United States and, and your mom is Brazilian, and that it's just one chance in time that that will happen, and God is raising you people like you for that generation. Okay? Do you sing or play any instrument? Have you tried? All right, I think I think you have to try it harder. I think you have a gift of of something gift of music inside of you that haven't gone out. Maybe try it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. How about if you get very famous and not get 10% of it? That's very great. <laughs> right? Just kidding. But I think there's something music inside of you. Musical inside of you that that People need to see it. God wants to use it. My my recommendation, just start take classes. Take classes or you know, maybe go on YouTube. Right? Or if you can have a, if you can afford a teacher, just go find a teacher. Maybe an instrument. Play an instrument. Then if you like the guitar, go go the acoustic guitar, go, you know, keys, whatever. And just try it. It's gonna be so fast. You're gonna learn so fast. You're going to see, whoa, that was inside of me. I never realized it. Okay? Promise you're going to try that? All right, good, perfect. Thank can you. I, can I add on that one? Yes, yes. I think um, I'm going to try to word this carefully because you're 13. <laughs> I've given this word to lots of people. Most people don't pay attention to it, and it, and it grieves me. Um, but at 13, you have something to do. Uh, you can still do something about it. Um, it's easy, like school could be easy for you. It's easy to get by. And so Jackson, Jackson Thomas, I, I told him about, um, in, in college or in high school, when I was in school, um, I figured out how to get by without really doing the work. And so he says, oh, you you were smart enough to figure out how to do well without learning, which stabbed a little bit because he. If that makes sense. So you know how to get by without actually learning. Don't do that, right? Um, because um, just like if you want to be a musician, you have to learn how to play an instrument and put in the work, and then you can be excellent. Your brain, like the Lord, really wants your brain to be refined. And um, I believe you're supposed to go to college, and I believe the Lord wants to pay for it. Um. And, and that's going to require you seeing yourself among people that you don't necessarily want to see yourself among. Because it's easier for you not to see yourself among them. Life is a lot easier if you don't try hard. It's a lot more rewarding if you try hard and succeed. Like, I'm, I'm going to say that again. Life is a lot easier if you don't try hard. But it's more rewarding if you try hard and succeed. And it's scary. But um, you are supposed to develop your brain. Like, you're too smart to not do well in school. Um, and so I really feel like higher education is part of the call of God in your life. Um, and that's part of the... It, it, there's a, a section of intelligence for... Um, the greatest musicians and composers are brilliant. Um, and so I believe when I heard him say the thing about the, mu the music, I think it's part of the intelligence. So I would um, challenge you to desire... 
to learn. Okay, couple. Last but not least. She's like, <gasps> um, I kind of remember a little bit. Oh, not last. Stay there. Huh. Uh, what's his name again? What's his name again? I forgot his name. Fred, come come here to the front so I don't forget you. Come. Well, see, I'm not. Fred, my man, sit over here. Help me discern this for this couple. Um. Okay. Here we go. Um, I like to say this. The next season is going to be, I'm going to use an interesting word, more tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Oh, oh. come on, somebody. A little tricky. Did I say it right? And I'm going to explain why. I see you walking through a bath that is very... Um, it's clear for you because you've been there. But it's not clear for the people that are walking with you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you take me to, a, to, to like a forest, for example, and, and you're used to walking in the forest, I mean, for you, it's just normal. You know the trees, you know the rocks. But for somebody that's never been there, it'd be like, what? They're lost. Five minutes, they're lost. But because you've been there. I want to say this. You've not been in the same forest though. But you've learned how to walk through those forests. So now. The things you've been praying for. Blessings. Ministry. Work. Are going to get. For people around you. Very difficult. They, they, they're not going to understand it. But you will. God has prepared you for this season. You too. You too. You too. You too. You too. It's, 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 it's you too. Yes. So I think this, um, I think this, um, it's interesting because um, I don't know who, who, who of you two, maybe you, it's, it's the kind of person that you don't ask for God to do easy. You don't, you're like, it's not your, in your prayer to make it easy for me. You're not mine if it's easy, but you don't pray that. You don't pray, God, I want it to be easy. You want it to be right. You'd be like, God, I want, I want to do the right thing. If it's easy, okay, I get it. If it's not, I, I don't mind. So, this is the case. I feel like in the next season, in the next three years, maybe four years, God's going to put a lot He's been doing in your marriage. He said three, four years. I feel that. <laughs> God's going to bring a lot that he's been doing in your marriage, in your life. And he's going to grab all that knowledge and that experience. It's going to pack it in three or four years. <laughs> Did I miss a joke? God's going to pack your life. It's going to give it to you like in this, um, in this ball of fire. That it's everything there at the same time. Like, okay, now I'll prepare you for this time. Go get it. Go get it. But for, for some reason, when I, when I see this, this, this season, I see it that's going to 
Remember when, 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 when Pastor said about reading Paul, you, sh you should read the conclusion, then the introduction, then the text. That's what God's going to do with you. He's going to show you the end first. You're going to leave that part. You're going to leave that, that the end. Then God's going to show you why he gave you that end. And then you're going to leave it out. He's shuffling your book, shuffling your story. He's reading your book, conclusion, introduction, book, rest of the book. So you're going to see the fulfilling. Then you're going to know why you're going to leave it out. And then you're going to leave it out. Yeah, you can ask a question. I don't know if I have the answer, but. No, I'm talking about when we read, when you read Paul. I, I, let's put it like this. When you read a book, I, he's talking about Paul. When you read a book, the good advice to, that I heard from him actually is read the conclusion, then the introduction, then read the rest of the book. Because when you read the conclusion first, you know what, the act, what, what actually to look for in the story. So your life in the next time, in the next three, four years, you're going to be like that. God's going to fulfill something. The conclusion is going to happen. And then you'll be like, you're going to be like, what? Why? And then the introduction. Then he's going to explain you. You're leaving this because I'm going to do this with you. Then you're going to leave it out. You got it now? Okay. Very confusing word. Jeez. Whew, I scribbled that out. Okay. I forgot your name, though. Chelsea. Um, I... Um, I feel like I told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. God wants to say it again, I'll say it again. I see this mental, mental, white mental in you. And it's showing people what is, what is God about in this world. When he talks about holiness and pureness. He, he's, he's, and he wants to show it in your life for some reason. I don't know, I don't know you. But when he covers you with that mental, he wants to expose you. On the contrary that you would think. He's covering you. So he wouldn't, nobody will see you. No, no, no. He's actually covering you for people to see you covered. So they will be inspired. And I, and I feel like places that you go, physically you go, people feel in a good way uncomfortable. Because the holiness of God walks with you. The pureness of God walks with you. The, the gentleness of God walks with you. And it, People, are, we're not ready for that. It's just too much to deal with. But, again, I go back to the sheep and the goats. The difference between the sheep and the goats is the way that sheep treat the goats. And you are that. You are like, don't, don't, don't run away. I'm here for you. This, what I'm living, who I am, is coming from Jesus. And it's available to you. So you bring, you carry that message with you. Um, okay. Brother, this is, this is something that um, I feel like God has been he's showing me. I had a vision. I have, I have this vision of you, of your skeleton, and your, your, all your bones. And God has been strengthening them. They are like metal now, like titanium. I don't, even, I don't know. Like very hard metal. And, and, and I feel like there was a process of getting you harder, harder, harder. All your structures getting harder, your bones, your, your, you know, your, everything's getting harder. And then God built on top of that. And it's built a hardening process. Not in a way of stiffening. Not, not stiffening, but hardening. So you, you're becoming 
ready for the weight. And the weight's going to be dropped on you. You're ready. I feel like God's saying, his process of strengthening, it's ready. He's ready for the weight that I'm going to lay on him. So, you will see the weight coming, but you will not feel it. You'll be like, oh, this is way more weight than I'm used to, but I don't feel it. You know when you work out and then at some point you feel it, like that weight doesn't make you any good anymore. Because you've built up. And that's a, that's a good way of feeling. And you know, oh, I have to put a little bit more weight. So God is saying, I'm about to raise the weight and you're not going to feel it. Because God does it the opposite. He builds you up first and he gives you the weight. And, um, and, I, see, and I see there's an angel that walks with me. There used to be two, not anymore. There's an angel that walks with me. I'll give a name. His name is Jack. And um, yeah, it is weird. It's okay, you're right. So I see, I see him here, and he, he told me he was going to be here, and uh, and I was wondering who he was going to talk with or through, and uh, and I see him around you too, and um, and I see him doing like a, he's peeling, you you know, onion. You're peeling the onion out. He's peeling you out. You remember what the word I gave to Rachel? He's like a treasure of God that was, that was hidden. I feel like God's been peeling you out layer by layer. And I see Jack doing that in you, like peeling you out. And it's on the last, you know, the last one that's about to show up what is inside of you. So a lot of transparency. I think God respects your life. In this, God loves your life because you're transparent. And you know that through transparency, your ministry happens. Because when people see transparency, they trust you. They don't have nothing to hit. I mean, this is my life. It's who we, we are. I mean, this is what it is. We have problems. Well, we do. We would talk them out and we figure it out. But this is who we are. And that might not sound perfect. Like, the, like somebody would like to show their perfect family. No. People don't trust in perfect perfection. They know it's not. <laughs> we say we want perfection. But when we see it, we're like, oh, that's too perfect. I don't know about that. When we see a little bit of brokenness, we know God is involved. Right? And, 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 and this is not a very popular word, but this is who you are. And, you, and I feel like you've been judged by, to be, for being like this. You'll be like, no, you should, you should butter it up. You should hide it. And you'll be like, no, you, you don't feel like you, that's the way you should go. And you're right. Um, and the last thing I want to tell you is when God shows me, it's interesting that he does it a lot, but when, when, God, when God shows me ministry, he gives me a vision of ministry, of a couple's ministry, or somebody's ministry. He gives me a, 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 maybe a boat, a car, a train, something that moves. And I, and I see your ministry as a boat. You know, and she showed me, he showed me this boat. And specifically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what kind of boat it is, and then I'm going to interpret for you. Okay? So this boat is a very, like, um, like very, like, uh, modern, like, very new, like, very, like, top technology boat. It's big, and you see it is like those yachts, you know, like just all these things. It's just beautiful, but very, you're like you very even like kind of scared because it's too too beautiful, very modern. All these these layers of beautifulness and, and lights and stuff, and, and that's your ministry. People that look from the outside, they are a little bit scared because it's very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's very. Um, because what God has been doing, it's very, 
Oh, oh my gosh, what's the word, Mario? Um, let me let me think about it in Portuguese. Give me one second. When when you see something beautiful, you don't feel you don't feel fear, but you feel like <gasps> amazed. You don't feel fear about something beautiful. You just feel amazed. That's what it is. When they look at your ministry, they will feel amazed. They don't feel fear. That feels not the word. When I see a beautiful car, or when I see a beautiful uh, flower, I don't feel scared about it. I feel amazed. Should I touch it? Should I not? You know what I'm saying? That's how it is. But and then that will look like you're scaring people away. But that's actually the way you are attracting the right people. Because there's a kind of people in this area, in your life, that's attracted through the, that kind of ministry. But the, the, what scares me, what, what, what strikes me is when, you, when I see the had a vision of walking inside that, that, that ship, it's simple inside. It's not as complicated as the outside. Simple tables, simple. It's simple. It's not simplistic, but simple. Things are in the right place. They're not very, you know, they're not very expensive things inside. It's simple. You do ministry in a simple way. You look very, oh, people are amazed when they look at you. They should. Because you are going to attract the right kind of people. Don't judge yourself if, if some people don't be attracted to you. They, that amazing draw them away. It, okay, you, you try to be graceful, of course, love them. But some, I mean, some people, somebody else will minister to them. It is what it is. But um, you, are, you have this calling because you've been, you've been equipped to attract certain kind of people. Then I'm going to tell you this. It's a secret between you and me. Don't let your pastor listen to this. The people you're going to attract, they're not here already. They will come. They will come. It's all time. It's just preparation. This, people, this place is going to be filled of people that you're going to attract. They're going to look different. Physically different. But the hearts are going to be the same. They're going to come in and say, oh, it's simple. But they were attracted by you. Okay? Love you. I, I know you too well. So it's really easy for me to just kind of discern something. But So I'll just share with you the two visions the Lord gave me. Uh, when he began prophesying over you. Um, the first one, uh, you know what a battering ram is, right? You know where the police use this battering ram to knock in a door? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and you know what a, like a, um, a wrecking ball is? Re- you know, they tear down buildings with the, this stuff. big heavy ball at the end of a chain to break it. So I saw a concrete battering ram being used as a wrecking ball. Right to to hit a big building to it was being swung and bam to to bam it was like massive maybe it was steel and it would hit it bam and um, nothing was happening to the building and it just kept getting rammed into this building and the Lord said that you are that that battering ram and it's felt like you have been running headlong into a wall. Cause I actually saw you laying down. First I saw the ram hitting the solid building, not moving. And then I actually saw you, which was kind of funny, head first into this building. And you're like, you're like, 
Lord, this is getting painful and a, and a little and a little and a little frustrating. Um, and I'm going to share with you exactly what he said and try not to um, preach it because I don't want to add to it because I know you. Um, I feel like what the Lord was communicating to me was um, you would destroy a smaller building because I saw things falling off of the battering ram. And I'm like, this is supposed to destroy the building. He's like, no, I'm preparing the battering ram for what it's actually supposed to destroy. And so I'm tempering it. I'm strengthening it by hitting this thing that can't be moved in preparation for the destroying of smaller things. That's the first vision I got. The second vision, um, I saw Jesus um, when Jesus was presented at the temple and Simeon saw him. And um, there's this... uh, 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 Mario, you've been you've been studying the lectionary and, and the daily the daily office and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's this prayer in the daily office. It's called the Nunc Dimittis, and it's based on the prayer of Simeon. Now, Simeon was an old man, and when he saw the Lord, he said, and they quote this as a as a um, as part of the um, the compline, which is the end of the evening prayer. Now, Master, let your servant go in peace. You have fulfilled your promise. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light to bring the Gentiles from darkness, the glory of your people Israel. And for Simeon, he had waited, he was an old man, he waited his whole life to see the promise fulfilled. And what I feel like the Lord was saying when he showed me this um, was he is going to fulfill all those promises in your life, not as an old man. But this will be the, the, not a prayer of yours, but a declaration of yours. I have lived to see the salvation of the Lord and the fulfillment of your promise to your servant. Say your name again. I forgot your name. I'm so bad with names, Fred. Sorry, Fred. I should have used the, the staff like this all the time. I feel like a bit of better use. Fred, um, I was praying for you, and God showed me. Gideon. You know. I feel like at some point of your life you were just doing what you're supposed to. Trying to hide from those that uh, you know, hide from yourself. You'd be like I'm just here God. And God showed up like the angel with, with Gideon and he, and he was like I'm going to do something through your life. And you'd be like uh, are you sure you got the right guy? I'm sure not me. And God said, yeah, I got the right guy. Because I know your heart. And you know the story of Gideon. If you don't know, you go ahead and read it. But I know you do. So, great story of winning without what they thought would be the right uh, weapons. They fought with the weapons that God gave them. And um, so that's the first thing God told me. He, you've seen yourself as Gideon sometimes. Well, you've did it in the past. Oh, am I the right guy? You really talking to me? God has been giving you promises, Fred, that you, you're not sure that God is really <laughs> talking to the right guy. And I'm here to tell you that God is really talking to the right guy. Fred, you, God's gonna give you a vision. To see things beyond um, beyond the obvious. 
what you need to do is you, you just need to, like we're doing with prophecy, you just need to submit that to your leaders and to your friends and to the groups and to the church. Submit it. God will will show them that you, you are seeing the right things. Or maybe he's going to calibrate your, your vision. But I see your eyes. When I look at you, I see your eyes just flashing and you're going to see things. When I, when I say th when I say see is not just see physically. You're going to see through your brain. You're going to understand things that people, God's going to just use you to do, to do so. So what I want you to understand, Fred, is do not underestimate the visions that God is giving you. Don't. And, and this is something that God would not say to everybody. Because the, the wrong heart would get it very bad. I, I, but I know God knows you because I, I'm going to trust him. Don't undersell yourself. Don't underestimate what you are capable. As you walk with the Lord. And I'm telling you. He will not tell me that. Because he knows I don't underestimate myself. He will say Mario. Come on calm down. So he knows your heart enough to tell you, don't underestimate yourself. I think, you know what, Atalaya? You know that word, Atalaya? It's just in the Bible. Pastor, the word Atalaya? Atalaya you know what that is? You don't? Jeez. Well, I want to explain it. Uh, I hear that word, and, and for me, what that word means is, I think on the Old Testament they mentioned the Atalayas. Those are the ones at the door. Oh, sorry, at, at the towers of the of the of the cities. And they will be like, hey, somebody's coming. So I think you've been I think no, I know you've been raised to be like that. And those people, today what they do, they don't stay, they don't stay at walls. They stay in prayer. They stay in intercession. Because there's, there's no better place for God to show you something when you're interceding for somebody's life. When you're like, God, show me their heart. Show me their heart. Let me help them. You got to be very wise with, with who you share this with. Go with your pastor. Share with him the things God's been showing you. And allow that to be judged by him. And, and we will help you. But don't underestimate yourself. And the last thing I want to say is, This is very general. It may sound general. It's not. Everybody's worried about provision. We are worried about provision. No? Well, how, how I'm going to get the next meal. Or maybe the next month. Or maybe the next bill. Whoops. Natural things we worry about God. God is telling me to, to tell you this. Your provision is going to come. It was his idea. He's going to pay the bill. You don't, have, don't worry about provision. Fred. He's going to give the provision you need. Listen. The provision you need. I, he know, listen, he knows you have dreams and he, he, he doesn't want to give you just enough. He wants to give you the things that you really like. The difference between a dad and a, and a, um, and a boss, the boss, give, when he wants to bless you, he gives you a lot of everything. When dad wants to bless you, he gives exactly what you want, what you, what you like. So God's going to bless you with little things that you know it's from Him. Because He's the only one that knows that you need those. And those little things, you'll be like, God, why are you blessing me with this? I don't even need this. Well, you don't need it, but I want to give it to you because you know you, you, you like it. So God's going to fulfill a lot of uh, 
of your dreams as a witness that he's with you. And, and, and I, I believe that you're going to see provision in your life, supernatural, supernatural provision. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Love you. Thank you very much. Where are they? Oh, the pastors? Oh, I talk with them all the time. Who? Tracy? Should I pay for her? Come on here, Tracy. No, I like it, this. I like this. I want to stay here. Watch out. <laughs> See? You got a translation ministry right here going on. Come here, Pastor, with your, with your, with your bride. Luana, if you want to start picking up the things, you can. Or I will whenever you finish. Just make you free if you want to do it. Um, I love this mic stand. I feel like, I feel like legit. I feel, I feel legit. Because I, I move my hands, so I feel legit. I feel legit. I do feel legit. I may not take this. Um, Tracy. Um, oh Lord, thank you. I, God is showing me this feeling. Well, first is showing me your heart that it's all about making those three fulfill their call. It's all about those three walking in what God has for them. And you, it makes me cry. Shake. And you have laid your life aside. That's me looking at it, right? For, for you, it's not like that. For you, that's your life. Me looking at it, it's like you've laid your life aside to make them fulfill their call. And it's all about that. You're passionate, like a great mom, like a great pastor that you are, like a great disciple of Jesus. You are passionate to see those that God trusted you fulfill their call. And there's no, there's no l more sadness in you that when they, when they can't see things that you can. Because you are this, you are a visionary. God will show you things that in, mainly in their lives, in the life of your, of your church too, the church that, they, that God trusted you that nobody can. And that frustrates you very hard. And God's been God has been training you for you to not be frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Like He's like, Tracy, in the beginning, when you didn't see things working the way I told you they should work, you were frustrated. And then I worked in you and said, don't be frustrated anymore because I'm showing you because I want you to know. That doesn't mean I will. it's going to happen. I want to give you the vision. And I can imagine the struggle. I can't. Between seeing the vision that God has and not making it, you know, and then through the people that you love. And um, there's something that's going to happen. There's a breakthrough that's happening in their lives. Don't get me wrong. He's your husband, so you're going to be there for him always. But, but listen to this. There's a breakthrough that's going to come through their lives that you're not going to be part of directly. And that's scary for you. And God, I've told you this. You just don't, like a good mom, you, you just want them close. So, This is God asking you for your Isaac. He's like, trust me. 
I got this. They might be scared. But I got this. Because the breakthrough in their lives is going to be the breakthrough in your life. I think God wants you to be worried a little bit more about you. And, and, and God would not say this to a lot of people. Like he just said it to Fred. He wants you to be more worried about you. Not in a selfish way, of course. God's not like that. But what, sometimes he wants to give you gifts through your own hands. But if the only thing you would see is those three in your community, well, he rejoices on it, but he still wants to give it to you. You, you are his princess. You're always going to be. So he, he, he trusted you a lot in things that he wanted to be a gift to you. And what a great heart you've passed it on. It is great. He rejoices on that. But he wants you to he always wants you to have gifts too. And you will, you will argue with me all the time. Like, oh yeah, but my gift is seeing them get gifts. That's exactly how God feels about you. That's exactly the God feels about you. His, his happiness is seeing you receiving gifts. And then we're doing this cycle. That he wants to stop. And um, you've always you've always feel like this, Tracy. And and and, and I'm gonna God's gonna expose your heart a little bit on this for your for your church to know. There's a reason we we've been I went to visit them and we we didn't prophesy to them. There's a reason this has been said in a microphone. I wanna I wanna reiterate that. And there's a reason you're here to listen to this. There's a reason. It's not a circus. There's a reason the church is listening to this. You, the church. I should, I should have just told them yesterday. So, Tracy, there's... I hope this does not go wrong. There's always this feeling inside of you. That your husband... And you are ready for more. And when I say more, it's not the more like the world thinks about more. But you're ready for more. You feel like you're ready for more. And somehow, this is your more. Because God is giving you more in a way that you don't know, that we don't understand how it's more. But always, since the beginning of your ministry, be like, you know. That God's been preparing your husband and you and your kids for a lot. And sometimes you just get frustrated in your mind, like, why can't I see that lot? Because our lot is not the same as a lot of God. You are, Tracy, a you don't multiply hands. Kind of everybody, anybody can do that. An engineer can do that. Train good hands. You don't multiply feet. Teach people how to go. You don't multiply brains. Teach people how to think. Guess what? You multiply hearts. You are a, you are a teacher of hearts. You are a multiplier of hearts. And then 
that's why processes with you, they take so long in your, in your mind. You're like, God, I want them to do. And then you try to train their hands. And then they do, but then the heart's not there. And then God says, train the heart. When you train the heart, the hands would follow, the feet will follow, the brain would follow. You don't want to have people that, that here that you just have their hands. You want to have their hands and the heart. You want to have their hands. That's why you are a multiplier of hearts. Let the hands, let him deal with the hands and the feet and the brain. Let him deal with that. You multiply hearts. And guess what? I heard this on a, on a podcast that I'm listening. I want to send it to you, this episode, because it's very interesting. And that's for you. And this is the last thing I want to say to you. Is I've always asked myself why God would choose Jacob and not Esau. And, and I finally got my response. But kind of a response that I was pleased with. Because I mean, Esau was the, he was the right guy. Hunter. you know, Not a deceiver in the name. Thank you. Just wrap that right guy. Get rid of Jacob and his mom. But there was something about Esau that was not right. He does not want it. He, does, he, he didn't want to be the, the, the first one. He didn't want it. Like Jacob wanted to be the first one. Yeah, he has the wrong meanings, the wrong ways. You know what I'm saying? Wrong ways, but the right heart. I believe God would say, I can deal with the Jacobs. Because I can change your ways. But your heart is hard. If you don't want it, I can make you want it. You have to want it. Might as well use Jacob that wants it so bad that's willing to do the wrong thing. Okay, it's the wrong way, yes. But he's called the God of Jacob. Why? I've always asked myself. Because Jacob has that fire in him. He wants it. So God will put people around you that wants it. But they just don't know how they want it. They, they want it the wrong way. And, and, and you sometimes, I pray for God to bring you Esau, the right people. They, they look like the right people. They act like the right people. They hunt. They're great. They don't want it. And then God's going to be good to bring you the Jacobs. They want it so bad. They don't even know how they want it. They just want it. And then God's going to help, help you Train their heart. Train their ways. You and, and you and you and you and Carl. He can deal with the Jacobs because they want it. So there's I see a lot of Jacobs coming to this house. And and because you're gonna treat you're gonna train their, their hearts. Don't worry about the hands. Let the hands be treated. Deal with somebody else. Don't worry about the heart. Have their heart, their hands would follow. That's my word for you. Father, we love you. Lord, we, we pray that every word that was of you today would be um, seared in our hearts, that we would rightly discern what you're speaking. Father, that you would uh, refresh Mario in, uh, in all this pouring out. We pray that it would re return to him 30, 60, and 100 fold. Father, that he would be refreshed. He would uh, feel encouraged in the going. We pray that he and Luana would both be blessed 
in their travels. Father, we, we, we thank you for the deposit he's put on this house. We pray that it would bring a massive return into his life. Father, um, we want to follow you well. And uh, we pray that we would be um, obedient and we would cooperate well with you in fulfilling those words that you've given us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give a clap off from the Lord, if you would, please. And um, I don't know if Mario's napping, but I would be exhausted after four hours and 25 minutes. If you can help us clean up before you go, that would just be quite helpful. Anything you want to say, honey?